plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off another bar. We made it to Friday, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. That's right, it's Radio Free Almond. Good morning this morning, everybody. How is everybody? You ready for the beautiful and gorgeous and amazing KFC fried chicken smelling fire log? I hope you are, because it even comes in kind of a brown paper wrapper that kind of looks like it could have a chicken in it. That's right. It's the Yule Log. It's uh, pretty popular, by the way. People are loving the thing. I think they just want to have one. So KFC announces the 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log. And when you light it, it smells like KFC fried chicken. You can go to kfcfirelogs.com and buy it for $18.99, which is an unusual price, by the way. Uh, it's, just kind of a, a, it's kind of a random 
Random price, isn't it? $18.99. Anyway, uh, can't see we've always been proud of our role in bringing loved ones together at the dinner table around a bucket of our world-famous fried chicken. Now this winter, we're bringing all the things we love, family, friends, and fried chicken together around the fire with our scented log. This is good. This is good marketing. This is knowing your brand. This is knowing that people love you. This is taking advantage of the holiday season. This is kind of having a little fun. I mean, you know, they, they've come up with all, you, you remember what they called the, uh, the sad bowl. The, uh, I, I think it was Patton Oswalt who came up with the, he called it the sad bowl, which was where KFC would have a bowl. And basically what it would be is it just everything you would eat in one bowl. So you'd have chicken, gravy, mashed potatoes, and I don't know what else was in the sad bowl, but it was uh, – it, it, listen, they, um, they, they know how to market themselves. I mean, they, these are the people that came up with the uh, 3,000 bottles of Colonel Sanders extra crispy sunscreen, which also basically smelled like chicken. As far as I know, I didn't buy any. B, I should probably use more sunscreen anyway, but yeah. And you know they they you know they had their their actors who do the uh, Colonel Sanders thing, you know, and and everybody's wondering who the next Colonel Sanders is going to be, and so you know I I think it's really uh, really amazing. They're pretty they're pretty good marketers over there at uh, at KFC. They know their brand, so that's the latest from. Uh, from the reaches of the of the food world, how is everybody this morning going to buy one of those things? Because I, I'm not going to. You know, normally I would be a person who would uh, maybe fall for something like that, but I'm not. I'm not a really. Uh, I'm not a play with your food kind of guy. You know, I don't like. Uh, I don't like jelly beans that taste like pork. You know that kind of stuff. I'm not. I'm not a big. Uh, Food has needs to stay in its lane for me, and so I don't really like things that like that normally. But hey, you know, I'm I'm never uh, I'm never too cool for something like that. That's for sure. And you guys know me. I I generally uh, have no shame, so I I will uh, maybe pick one of those up just to see what it's like. You got to order it, so it's got to come to your. I mean, you know, it's kind of a kind of a job. They ought to sell them at at the KFC outlets. They ought to have a big old you know, pile of them like they, you, you would, wouldn't log someplace and just sell them at the stores. That'd be probably a, uh, the, one of the, one of the best ways to do it. So we got that going for us. Oh, we've got so much going on. Did you see who sports illustrated decided they were going to use to present an award, uh, like a hero award. It's uh, Dr. Ford and they're presenting the award to the girl, to the woman, who came forward and busted that one doctor who was so abusive to all the gymnasts. I, it's, it's unbelievable that Sports Illustrated would decide to, to, to pull something like that. So we've got that. We've got uh, the uh, fact that you, Nancy Pelosi, this red coat thing, is getting out of hand. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. I played this for you yesterday. Uh, about everybody going wild over Nancy Pelosi's red coat. But what the hell? I mean, and I'm sorry, I'm not calling her a pig, okay? But this is, 
this is a lipstick on the pig moment. This is this is a really weird thing for the media and others to be obsessed with is Nancy Pelosi's red coat. I mean, Yahoo went so far as to call it an epic red coat. And now the the brand that actually has the, that makes the red coat is deciding that, uh, that that's the new power look and they're going to re-release the brand, the, the, the coat brand. And it's just is, she went from being a woman who probably should not be the house speaker to now this cool, iconic kind of uh, figure because of her, because of her red coat. It, it, and they they get the Twitter memes with her putting her sunglasses on. I mean, and, and Nancy Pelosi is so uncool and and so non-cosmopolitan, it just seems like the weirdest thing for them to obsess about is now turning Nancy Pelosi into some crazy, glamorous power chick. I mean, she's just not that and never has been considered that. I just don't I just don't understand it. So now uh, apparently uh, Glamour magazine went just crazy over the thing and the and the company is called Max Mara and they're now re-releasing the coat because apparently everybody wants one. I mean, am I missing something here? I guess I'll go to the I'll go to the uh, Facebook page and and figure out whether or not because uh, that's the way I'm talking to you guys at least until we do uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0 and we get the phones going. But uh, but I you know I'm I'm just confounded by the, this this hysteria over her coat and, and they even they even gave her. Uh, they even gave her so much as a as a thug life uh, graphic for her, and 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 that to me was insulting because I'm a thug life fan in terms of what they do with thug life. You know how they, ding, 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 ding. I'll I'll play something for you. Let's say that normally they do it with uh, President Trump. Like President Trump should have been the one when he was going after Nancy and Chuck in that meeting. He's the one who should have gotten the thug life sunglasses, but instead they gave him to Nancy Pelosi. I mean, again, I, I've, I've talked to you about putting the uh, square peg in a round hole, but boy, they they uh, they 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 do. Here, here's what they do. They say, here's like a thug line. I think this is clean. If it's not, what are they going to do? Fire me? So they have a they have a montage of the thug life things, and when people do like cool things or whatever. They put the, they put the, uh, oh, wait, hold on. Let me, see, let me see if I get any. Oh, what is this? This is, must be a, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I must be not, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, they just put these sunglasses on people after they do uh, uh, crazy, funny, or say funny things. Here, let me just see if I can do it here. <laughs> Andy, why are you so fat? And then they put this. They, they put this. It probably wasn't the best thing to play for you now, but that's what they 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 put the sunglasses on this on this overweight kid because it's like a thug response. But that probably wasn't you know uh, very appropriate. But oh well, call the FCC. But yeah, they, uh, they <laughs> let me do another one. I think sometimes it's. Let me see if I can find a Trump one because they usually do. They usually save it for uh, uh, President Trump. 
and, and they put the sunglasses on on President Trump when he says something like to the media or to Jim Acosta. <laughs> they put it on him. But a lot, there's a lot of uh, cuss words on here, so I had to just kind of avoid that. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. So Nancy Pelosi walks out, puts her sunglasses on, and they've got the, the and they put the and, and then they put the thug life on her, like she's like this hot chick or something. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. I don't think Nancy Pelosi is uh, homely by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, come on, people! I mean, give give this one a rest, especially when 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 you're up against Melania. So they're trying to invent like their own Melania, and and it's not really working for them. I'm just I'm just kind of saying it's not really not really. But it's another one of those examples where when uh, when people do stuff like this and they need like a helping hand. It's kind of like, uh, I, I don't, I want to, I want to use an example. Like, you know how you overly praise certain people or because of their, uh, disabilities or whatever, you know how I mean? It's kind of like coddling somebody and trying to give them a little bit of a boost that they don't really have. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's like the, the, uh, Nancy Pelosi makeover. Yeah, I think that's what we're getting at. That's all. Oh, it's crazy. But yeah, they're going now. The the the, the company that makes the code is re releasing it and doing all this kind of stuff. It's like this is really so manufactured and so kind of fake. It's just kind of crazy. But yeah, come on, twenty five year olds tweeting about how hot Nancy's coat looks. Come on, people. Come on now. Do you see that, by the way, that all the loons out there, I kind of ended the show with this yesterday. Uh, speaking of uh, young women, they want to change the Constitution so that Ocasio-Cortez can run for president now. Because, you know, you have to be 35 years old to run for president and, and or to be president. And she's not. And so they just like that Constitution really is a bother. Let's go ahead and change it. So at least they're remaining consistent. They have no respect for the Constitution. That's fantastic. So they're at it again also this morning, you know, and you've got uh, federal prosecutors in Manhattan. By the way, the attorney general there uh, in in New York has pledged that she's going to investigate every aspect of uh, uh, President Trump's finances and, 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 and family and everything else. These are people who are actually visibly boldly in front of everybody plotting witch hunts. And that's so weird because if somebody had targeted president Obama in a similar fashion, they'd be called racist. They'd be attacked. Wouldn't they, wouldn't that be a, a thing? But with president Trump, all bets are off. And now the federal prosecutors in Manhattan are investigating whether president Trump's 2017 inaugural committee, misspent some of the record $107 million it raised from donations. It's a criminal probe by the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office, which in its early stages, uh, they're examining whether some of the top donors gave money in exchange for access to the incoming Trump administration policy or concessions or to influence official administration positions, those kinds of things. And there's really no, no, actually no way to prove that. Uh, there, there's no way to, to prove that 
you're getting money in exchange for access unless, of course, something's on paper or whatever. And I'm not even qu- quite sure at that point. You what kind of what do they mean by access to the Trump administration? Do they mean a picture with the president after he's sworn in? Is that access to the Trump administration? Given how they consider handshakes at a Heritage Foundation, Obama State Department sponsored uh, affair with dignitaries from all over the world to be a uh, a measure of collusion between Russians and state officials, people like, oh, when we had our, our um, Jeff Sessions recuse himself, it was over a, basically a mingling with people at an Obama State Department-sponsored event at Heritage. So you never know what these people are thinking when it comes to deciding what is nefarious and what isn't. It's all up to them. So you'd never be able to really uh, uh, prove this. And, and it's interesting how... Now the Trump administration is being punished, it seems, for not making taxpayers pay for the entirety of the inauguration, which is what a lot of these guys do. But it's not uncommon for donors to donate money for inaugurations. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that the Obama administration took uh, a level of donations for at least some, some element of it. But uh, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. The reason why this actually becomes important, at least locally, is that you have a situation where Roy Blunt was the actually the the head of the uh, committee, uh, so he was kind of like the I don't know whether he was just the uh, kind of the titular head of the committee or whether he really played a huge role, but he was playing a pretty big role in the Obama uh, in the Trump administration uh, or the Trump inauguration festivities and putting it all together and all that kind of thing because I was in contact with him over there and and it was pretty uh he was pretty far involved so um let me just see if if there's anything related to um hmm 2013 inauguration donors for Obama $1 million in donations wanted for Obama inauguration. It's interesting how they, they Trump administration or the Trump people raised $107 million and Obama got a million dollars. Uh, let's see. How does this uh, figure out here? Uh, who pays for what? Uh, planners offering uh, here. Uh, Oh, here, here. This is from this is from June. Uh, I'm sorry, January of 2013, and President Obama's inauguration planners offering special VIP access to donors willing to pay up to a million dollars. Planners of President Obama's second inauguration are soliciting high dollar contributions up to one million dollars to help pay for the celebration in exchange for special access. This is from the New York Daily News. That's interesting. That, that, that's actually a, the first paragraph of a story, and the federal prosecutors in Manhattan are investigating Trump's inauguration for basically the same thing. And, and, and the Trump inauguration didn't even offer that publicly 
So how is it then that it's there's a there's a uh, there's a headline or there's a, there's a headline and then a first paragraph basically describing the very thing Manhattan prosecutors are uh, are are investigating criminally Trump for uh, that that does not make any sense the changes are part of a continuing erosion of Obama's pledge to keep donors and special interests at arm's length of his presidency. He abandoned the policy from his first inauguration to accept donations up to only $50,000 for individuals and, and, and unlimited from uh, corporations. A fundraising appeal obtained by the Associated Press, and this is again Obama, shows the presidential inaugural committee is going far beyond Obama's previous self-imposed limits to look in looking to blow away modern American presidential inauguration fundraising records by offering donors four VIP packages named after the country's founding fathers. Is is this what the Manhattan prosecutors are uh, are investigating? Yeah, Tricia, this is from June of uh, I'm sorry, I keep on saying June. January of 2013. So, so again, let me get this straight. The headline in the Wall Street Journal is that Manhattan criminal prosecutors are investigating Trump's inauguration committee to find out whether or not some of the money that was raised for the inauguration provided special access to the administration. Now, I'm sure they're looking into whether or not somehow there was uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know, was there a law passed or something that on behalf of them after they gave money? I don't know. But if it's just special access like, well, Obama was not afraid to publicize, then then, then this is just an, another non-story. Another, they're investigating President Trump for the very same thing that Obama advertised during his inaugural preparations. Yeah, the packages, uh, they hope, will pay for expensive events surrounding the inaugural. Obama raised $53 million in private money for his first inauguration, which is half of what President Trump raised, by the way. Uh, 1.8 people packing the malls. Donors of, at the Washington level were offered premium partner access for a minimum donation of $250,000 from individuals and a million from corporations. The package includes four tickets to the inaugural ball and uh, I guess something else. $60 tickets for members of the general public sold out quickly. Other perks of the Washington package include two bleacher seats to the parade, a VIP reception and a candlelight celebration, tickets to the children's concert and a co-chairs reception and a road ahead meeting featuring members of the president's finance team. That's interesting. So if you bought the Washington package, you were able to be at a reception and then a road ahead meeting featuring members of the president's finance team. That, that's actually right there on paper in a story. 
and, and, and it's the same thing that President Trump is being investigated for criminally by Manhattan prosecutors. Now, keep in mind, I realize they're looking for maybe a deeper kind of payback, and I get that. But here, right out of the blocks, I mean, the, the Obama administration was advertising that if you gave a certain level of money, you had access to a meeting featuring the president's finance team. And there would be presumably the people who are commerce secretary and all those other individuals who are working uh, within the administration. So that's interesting. So I guess if you're Barack Obama and you're a Democrat, you can actually advertise access and, and even turn it into packages that people can buy. But if you are President Trump and a Republican – that Manhattan district attorney will investigate you criminally. That's interesting. I'm telling you, folks, when it comes to some of the matters that are being utilized by these law enforcement agencies, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how reckless these people are and how open they are about it and how they don't care a whit whether or not or how it looks, they'll, they'll go ahead and promise it as a means of publicity. Because the, the New York Attorney General is promising uh, to go after the president's family and all of his finances when she takes office. She promised that when she was running for office and now says that's what she's going to do. And when she was running for office, it was, well, I'm going to keep an eye on the president. And now that she's Attorney General, she's now going to be formally investigating him, like launching investigations into him. The, these people, in law, it doesn't matter whether it's the Manhattan DA or the, or, or the, the FBI. I don't know whether you heard uh, the tape of James Comey telling an organization uh, not too long ago that uh, – that he actually purposely tried to pull a fast one over the Trump administration when it came time to interviewing uh, uh, Flynn and everybody else, that they took advantage of, of the fact that, uh, that the, the White House was in basically in, in a level of disarray. And he bragged about it uh, on, in, in a... In a soundbite, when, when he talked about how, yeah, we, we kind of waited for the, we took advantage of the fact that, that, you know, they didn't know any better and that Flynn didn't really know or maybe should have known but didn't do it, have an attorney with him when he was interviewed. So he said, I just sent the, I just sent the, the, uh, the, the, the people to uh, my, the, my FBI agents uh, to the White House. And, and, you know, it's buried. You can't find it anywhere in in the news. You can't find it hardly anywhere. Even on conservative sites, you can't find the, find the soundbite. I was hearing it yesterday, but I've been looking for, all over for it. But you can't even, you can't even hear that. And, 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 and he said, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I, uh, I basically definitely uh, – we definitely took advantage of, of the fact that there were – not many people paying attention, and so I just sent my FBI agents in there, and, and that's that's how we did it. These guys are uh, – it's unbelievable the kind of uh, recklessness that they display as law enforcement people, but it doesn't matter to them whether or not 
uh, it comes across as bad because because they know that actually it it is is a is a point of uh, where they they're lauded for it and and where 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 they'll brag about doing things that are nefarious and they'll brag about doing things where they're they're openly saying that they basically took advantage and pulled a fast one over the white house in sending fbi agents in there and it hardly gets any attention it's it's pretty amazing it doesn't even get many attention much attention from uh from from even our conservative sites but that's that's what's going on out there. So whether it be the Manhattan DA or whether it be the FBI, these guys are, in my opinion, abusing their opportunities. They're abusing their place. And so now we have the latest investigation of uh, President Trump and his, and his finances in, in, uh, at the inauguration. So that's, uh, that's what they're going to be spending their time doing from, from now on. Boy, we got a lot to talk about, too. We've got, first of all, that Sports Illustrated thing. We have a great thing that President Trump did with this White House feed bag that goes on for the uh, fake news media. Yeah, the, the Christmas party for the news media has been canceled, which is a fantastic development. And just wait till you hear all the people bitching about it. So we'll talk about that. And we'll also uh, talk to Jim Hoft, who's going to be joining us at uh, 7 o'clock today. And we are off to the races live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios. That's right. DDTruckUSA.com for all of your truck care needs. If you're in a business where you've got a fleet or you've got your uh, your roofing business or whatever, you know somebody who does and you need a truck wrapped or built or whatever. They've got conveyors. They've got the Venco hoist. They've got everything going for them at Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing. And you got to love Rick Pogue and Jerry Pogue and the rest of the gang who have taken advantage of our strong economy and decided that they were going to start a brand new business outside of Arrowhead Building Supply. Also a big supporter of Radio Free Almond and will be when we do Radio Free Almond 2.0. Without further ado, here you go.
What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Thank you for that. Gold note landing. 314-567-GOLD. Thank you for listening to the Radio Free Almond. We are updating the app, which is should be done. If you've got Android, you can already go to Google and the app place and hit the update button on the Radio Free Almond app. And then we'll... Apple is uh, lagging a little bit behind, but we're going to be able to get that taken care of for you. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Yes. And don't forget another sponsor, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME. Lisa already says that the app is uh, louder now, which is great. I feel perfect. I am so happy about that. It's going to be awesome. So I'm glad to hear that, Lisa. Thank you for the app. Lisa, are you on? Uh, are you on the Android then, or Apple? Let me know about that. Daniel's on too. Don't forget you two hype and murmur tonight at. Delmar Hall, 20 bucks a ticket for a ton of fun. Tribute bands galore. All right, Leash is on Android. Thank you, dear. Appreciate everything you're doing. And joining the club, that is for sure. Jim Hoff joining us at 7 o'clock. Let me just uh, double check on that. Do, do, do. Checking out a lot of things here. And uh, Oh, and we've got some big news next week. Mark Casey and I putting together a thing for um, Radio Free Almond. And, and believe me, Casey, it's not liberal. It's not left-wing. Imagine that. So Casey is... Uh, is useful some way. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you about that next week. Did you guys see the... Uh, I, what, what is it about these sports people? I, I, don't really, I don't really get this about the... the sports world. Like ESPN and Sports Illustrated and I just don't... Uh, I don't understand this. Uh, Brian Martin, thank you. Brian Martin Sr., he says, I use the RFA app today. Working great. Used to drop out on me all the time. Now doesn't. That's fantastic news. Thank you uh, so much for that. 
But but what is it about these sports guys? And be, keep in mind, by, by the way, later on, we're going to talk about uh, the possibility of soccer coming to St. Louis, which, you know, soccer is uh, very popular here in St. Louis. A lot of, a lot of people really do support, support the sport. And so it seems a reasonable thing to do because we we're a pretty good big soccer town here. Not only in terms of playing it, but also in terms of supporting it. You know, when they tried out, when they went to the stadiums and they bring the Manchester guys in and Chelsea, man, I, I, you know, pardon me, I'm not really up on it, but you know what I'm saying. They come in and they play at Bush or something like that, and it's well attended. So people go, people go to the games. All our young hipster buddies out there, they like that. They like that stuff. They wear their soccer jerseys and things. You go to pubs, you know, in town and watch the World Cup and other face-offs and at bars. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Julie says, the apps always work great. Y'all need to upgrade your phones. Of course she said, y'all. It's Carolina girl. Y'all. But yeah, but, but no, really serious, Julie. We did up. We did have to update the apps a little bit because they were not uh, working very well. <laughs> Excuse me. Be able to talk about soccer because because I I believe that we actually can support a that we can actually support a basketball team here. I've, I've been of that belief, but there's some research done that. And I'll, t- I'll tell you, there's a little-known secret as to why people haven't pursued a professional basketball team here in St. Louis. And I've, I learned that not too long ago. So I'll share you that with that for you at about 7.30 if you remind me to. So just make sure you remind me to. Just want to let you know I'll do that. The inside scoop on why a basketball team is not coming to say. I mean, listen, if Oklahoma City can support a basketball team, we sure as heck can, don't you think? But what is it about the people in the sports world? So you have, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd go to see professional basketball. Anyway, we've got uh, the sports world. We've got ESPN, and you've got, you know, it was interesting because, you know, 590, who I'm talking to about possibly uh, having a show there uh, in the morning, 590 is a sports station, and they're putting me on in the morning. So they're 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 not living the typical life of the. Uh, they're not living the life. Sorry, am I am I just played that song again? I don't know what happened there. I kind of like the idea of having music behind me. Is it annoying or does it work? Kind of, I kind of like it, you know. Like I, I, I feel I feel good to have it been back. But sometimes it can be, it can be distracting to some of you. But I kind of like it in the background. Can't tell whether it's actually something that uh, is interesting to listen to that way because I don't, I don't hear it. I do hear it because I'm actually delivering it, but I don't hear it how it's coming across. Can't really get the volume all together either. So, so tell me, what is it with with the sports people about how that seemingly is infiltrated by liberals? I mean, my gosh, the, the St. Louis Post Dispatch sports section, the guys who are some of the reporters there, I know are like dyed in the wool left wingers. 
What the hell is it about those people? Yeah, Mama Kate's not background music. Really not, because you can, if, if, if it's all these kind of words and stuff, it's too loud, then it competes with me. I get it. I understand that, Mama K. So the, uh, what is it about like people like ESPN and you've got, you've got they've, they, they had those shows where they had those left-wing crazies who didn't seem to last long, but still they're, they're out there. And you've got Sports Illustrated. I don't get it also about like GQ Magazine and all these places that are, that are they're apparently supposed to be so hip and, and so in and up and kind of modern, and yet they are just like dinosaur Democrats. It's just crazy to me. I, 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 I honestly do not understand it. And, and, I'm, and I'm not sure who they think their audience is, unless, of course, you know, when I'm looking at the uh, when I'm looking at the either the Super Bowl or something, I see the commercials. Unless everybody watching the Super Bowl or a bunch of, I, I don't, I don't understand the the draw in the sports media world uh, of of the left. I don't, I don't get that. But it's all over the joint. So weird. You know, actually, when you think about it, remember when the guys was it was it called the Man Show or was there some kind of men's sports show or whatever it was? And they had uh, Jimmy Kimmel on there, and you know Roseanne's former husband—I forgot his name—but uh, and, and then all those guys who were doing the the sports roundtable stuff, and then then it, then it turns out. You know, now they're the biggest left-wing crusaders out there. I'm like, what is, what's going on here? I don't, I don't understand this. But this one is a little more serious. The Sports Illustrated uh, made a choice for the Inspiration of the Year Award. And actually, it's a, it's a great award, actually, yeah, Tom Arnold. But I'll tell you what, if it weren't for uh, his looks, he'd be horrible. But, but you know. So that's the only thing he's got going for him. Just kidding. But the uh, Inspiration of the Year Award see is is a good is a good award. I mean, it seems like it's a solid thing for Sports Illustrated to do, and their choice for this year is really a good one because I, th- I think it's important, especially in the sports world, what Rachel Den Hollander did. She's the former gymnast who is the one who was brave enough to come forward and bring down this. He's got to be one of the most prolific sexual predators in the history of this nation, and indeed probably even the world. Uh, Larry Nasser. You know, know, and and, uh, you talk about a, a Me Too moment that really was truly a Me Too moment or, you know, kind of like a, a hallmark of that movement. The Nasser thing, 265 women accused him of abuse. 265 women. And, and Den Hollander was a major fixture at Nasser's sentencing hearing where he got a term of 40 to 175 years. He'll, he'll never get out of prison. 
And Den Hollander came forward, and it was a brave thing for her to do. In fact, I think it's actually on the verge of bringing down the entirety of the, the national gym organization, gymnast organ. You know that 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 whole organization that promotes that stuff—they're in flames be- over this because uh, some of them seemingly looked uh, looked away while this was all going on. So they're going to have this big event, and they decided they're going to. Who do you think they decided is going to be the person who actually presents the award to Rachel Den Hollander? Good evening. I am honored to speak with you from afar about a woman I admire so much, a woman who suffered abuse as a vulnerable teenage athlete. You know who that is? That's Dr. Christine Blasey Ford presenting the award to a woman who brought down one of the most prolific sexual predators this world has ever seen with 265 women corroborating the story. 265 examples of solid proof of abuse. And they chose as the person who's going to be introducing her and also presenting the award, a woman who claims abuse without one shred of evidence. Not one shred of evidence does Dr. Ford have against Brett Kavanaugh, and yet she's presenting the award to someone who had probably the most evidence of anybody on the planet of being abused. This is unbelievable. I am honored to speak with you from afar about a woman I admire so much. A woman who suffered abuse as a vulnerable teenage athlete who found the courage to talk publicly to stop the abuse of others. Her courage inspired other survivors to end their silence, and we all know the result. Do you realize that Dr. Ford is making this whole thing about her, right? That, that, that actually she, she says that Den Hollander was like one of her heroes and one of her inspirations and inspired her and other women to come forward. But Dr. Ford had nothing, no evidence whatsoever. This was the biggest joke and debacle that you could possibly have imagined. And to have her, Dr. Ford, with no evidence at all, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, not one shred of evidence against Brett Kavanaugh, not one. And, and by the way, not only did she not have any evidence, but people who she cited as being people who would back her up didn't back her up. So not, not only did she have not one shred of evidence, when she claimed she did, the people who supposedly had the evidence denied there was any evidence. She had zero. They're juxtaposing her with a true sexual abuse victim who was among 265 true sexual abuse victims who all had corroborating evidence. Although Dr. Nasser apparently had some, you know, some of it was in dispute. I don't know. But nonetheless, you talk about evidence. This guy, there was a lot of evidence against this guy. 
to garner 145 years in prison as a maximum sentence, there was a hell of a lot of evidence against this guy. And uh, Den Hollander, as a gymnast uh, and, and as a woman who came forward, was exceedingly brave to do this because it, it made many a life in that whole industry very uncomfortable and very, uh, very bad. But she did it anyway. And so to have Christine Ford, the one who presents the award to her, what is SI Rachel thinking? Rachel Hollander, I am in awe of you. And I will always be inspired by you. In stepping, how how is that possible? I'm in awe of you, and I'll always be inspired by you. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, as a woman, I guess Dr. Ford could be in awe and inspired because who isn't inspired by the story of Den Hollander and her bravery? Who isn't inspired by her finally coming forward and putting this monster away? But but if Dr. Ford is insinuating somehow that this made her legit and this inspired her is beyond me because it's an, it's an insult to Den Hollander is what it is. And indeed, it's an insult to most of the to, – to the, the entirety of the Me Too movement if you want to give it any credibility – it's an insult to everybody who's actually really been abused to have a faker, an imposter, the one presenting the award to you. I don't know what Sports Illustrated is thinking. And by the way, is this the same Sports Illustrated that does the swimsuit issue? The, ulti- uh, the ultimate in objectification? Like the like the most well, I mean, I, there are other examples of objecti- objectification, obviously. But uh, but isn't this the same magazine that is actually most well known for its feature of women in bikinis showing off their bodies? Which I I have nothing against. I mean, I'm not a, I'm no prude about it, but I'm just saying that if you're gonna, what are they gonna do about their swimsuit issue? Is everybody gonna be in? Uh, in a burqa on their swimsuit issue? What are they going to do about that after they've done this? And again, I don't tie modeling into abuse or whatever else, but I mean, it seems to me that they're kind of crusading here to to the point where they actually invite a liar. I mean, I'm talking about like a liar, an imposter, a faker, From the Me Too movement, the, 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 the worst example of the Me Too generation, the worst example of a sexual abuse victim to actually present an award to the best example of a, of a true sexual abuse victim, a one who has all the evidence in the world, enough to send a guy packing for 145 years, having an award presented to her by a woman who threw craps in on a national stage when it came to her claims. Pretty amazing. But yeah, what do you do about the uh, Sports Illustrated Forward, thing? you took a huge risk, and you galvanized future generations to come forward, even when the odds are seemingly stacked against them. I mean, this is, this is Dr. Ford basically projecting Den Hollander's life into her life. 
She's act, she's acting like she's Bev Den Hollander. I, 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 and, and, and Ford is making this all about, this is her video. So Sports Illustrated released the video. ...to come forward, even when the odds are seemingly stacked against them. The lasting lesson is that we all have the power to create real change, and we cannot allow ourselves to be defined by the acts of others. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this year's Sports Illustrated <laughs> Inspiration of the Year, Rachel Denhollander. Uh, Rachel, I called her Bev. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm uh, now. I'm laughing because this is this is so preposterous and and so ridiculous. That now now actually it's gotten to the point where where this is actually comical. <laughs> what is what does Rachel Den Hollander think about all this? I don't know. She hasn't really made any kind of a statement. And 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 uh they they have really haven't made any statement at, at Sports Illustrated except that the, the Ford is the one speaking for them. Ford is the one who is uh, is the one who's fronting this whole organization. So any statements are made by Ford on this one with their tape. It speaks for itself. And by the way, then this must mean that Sports Illustrated believes that Brett Kavanaugh is guilty. The, the vocal fry liar, the imposter, the fake sexual abuse victim introducing a for reals sexual abuse victim, probably the most the most uh, the best example of true abuse you could possibly find out there is this one and and being awarded and being presented an award by the worst example of it. It's unbelievable, but that's your that's your thing. Now, of course, they're making waves with it. Obviously, they're getting they're getting attention and everything else. But they clearly then, by virtue of canceling out, they clearly believe that Kavanaugh is guilty, and that and that Ford is credible. That's what they're that's what they're trying to do here. So, uh, it's uh, tape out there. If you go to uh, the Sports Illustrated Twitter page, they've uh, they've got it, and 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 people are definitely uh, not happy. I-, I loved her little bit where she said, "We cannot be- allow ourselves to be defined by the acts of others." That that's that's the most ironic statement I could possibly come up with, uh, because here's uh, here's a situation where. She's the one who tried to define Brett Kavanaugh by her ex, her lying and her preposterous claims. She's the one who seemingly tried to define Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh didn't try to define her. Boy, it's just a bad choice. Uh, this... Uh, <laughs> um, the, a lot of the guys who are speaking out uh, and and they are on and, and women too on the Sports Illustrated Twitter page are incensed. Eric Zimmerer. And with that, my subscription is done. <laughs> here's, here's one. Here's Tina. She's a woman. She says, I get one for free 
I need to figure out how to make that stop coming now. And as, as a matter of fact, we do too. We get the we get the sport. There's a Sports Illustrated youth uh, magazine that we get, and they just send it to the to the house. Even know how we how we stop it from being sent to the house. But yeah, they've got a boy. That's not a good sign. That Sports Illustrated now has a has a youth youth magazine. I mean, listen, I I'm I love sports. I love the coverage of it. I'm I'm an avid baseball fan and. I love reading about it. When I was a kid, I had you know Baseball Digest and uh, Sports Illustrated was even it's still you know for the most part when it covers sports is an is an interesting magazine. But still, you know the whole Colin Kaepernick thing and all that stuff they've really proven their metal. So, um, and and here's another woman who came forward on the Twitter page, and and I real you realize I'm reading tweets and I've never really like that that's not news to me but i'm just telling you the reaction of uh of the people kelly says uh she had a big lol she said uh fire your entire marketing department this is pretty interesting the reaction she got <laughs> somebody put up a meme that says you fake and you phony and barf a lot of these are women coming up uh, on the on the Twitter page for Sports Illustrated. And, and, and by the way, somebody also pointed out, hey, I thought uh, Blazy Ford didn't want to be in the spotlight. I thought she didn't want to be part of this. Yeah, Margaret's like, hopefully there will be no swimsuit issue for kids. I don't, th- I don't think they have a swimsuit issue for kids. And Mama K, so GQ magazine showed up at your house too. They're giving these magazines away and calling it circulation. Tom wrote in, uh, Sports Illustrated has officially become a magazine that you take from the doctor's office to line the bird cage. There's one, there's one meme that is really you need to. I I need to find a way to grab this, but. Uh, it's Joe Biden coming up behind Ford, and and he's got his hands on his shoulder, and she's she's actually this is a picture of her from the uh, from the uh, hearing, but and she's like putting her head back, but uh, behind her and with his hands on his shoulders, and they must have cut this out from one of other uh, one of other Biden's other molestations of a daughter of an incoming senator, but he's has his hands on her. And he's and he's kind of kissing her from behind, and he's whispering in her ear. I heard you can keep a secret for thirty years. That was it's pretty funny. Aw, is that not funny? Because it's Ford. You can't make fun. I I I got you. I'm sorry. Not anyway. Let's get a hold of Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. He's he's I'm sure having a, a, a ton of fun with this one. But but the outcry is unbelievable. So thank goodness there is common sense out there. In the country, even among Sports Illustrated readers, there's a ton of common sense. Good morning. Good morning this morning. Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. How you doing, man? Great, Jamie. Well. A Merry Christmas to you. Uh, Mer- Merry Christmas to you too, buddy. And looking forward to a uh, grand new year with Radio Free Almond 2.0. And hopefully you're going to be uh, a big part of that as well. 
And so uh, we appreciate you, and thank you so much for this half of year uh, of support from you. Ever since the ninety-seven-one debacle, you've been there for me, and you've always been there for me. And I really appreciate that very much, man. You you are the best. So thank you, there, Jimmy Hoft. Well, likewise, Jamie. Thank you. So I was just uh, regaling people with the news that the person who's going to be giving the Sports Illustrated uh, Inspiration Award. Uh, to one of the truly one of the bravest individuals we've seen in a long time regarding sexual abuse, uh, and that is uh, Rachel Den Hollander, who's the gymnast who came forward and sent and helped send Dr. Nasser to prison for 145 years, 265 different complaints against this guy for sexual abuse in the gymnast community. And this is real stuff. I mean, this is real stuff. And the person who's going to be introducing uh, her and giving her the award is none other than Dr. Blasey Ford. Can you believe that? Yeah, what an insult, huh? So you have this this true hero um, no one can argue with, and then they mix in the politics, just like ESPN. I guess there's a race now in the sports world to see who could be the biggest leftist. Um and, of course, Blasey Ford, with those 36-year-old uh, accusations, no witnesses. In fact, the only witnesses she had were people who said, no, this didn't happen. And there was never even such a party that she was describing. Um, and uh, with, with, with links to uh, the, the Democrat Party at, at several levels, um, and who uh, basically... I, I thought Susan Collins said it best, just uh, she didn't have a believable story. Um, and yet she tried to, to bring down this man who, uh, who knows the if Democrats she ever even are- met this, this uh, Justice Kavanaugh. But uh, that was one of the really dark moments in, uh, US, in recent U.S. history. The fact that the left believes today that they can, without any accusations uh, or, or any proof, um, try ruin a person with a stellar record for something that happened 36 years ago that may or may not have happened. It's, it was really an ugly episode. Well, and, and by, by allowing Ford to present this award, basically what they're doing is they're giving her instant legitimacy, instant credibility. And even, even the words that Ford is Absolutely. using – uh, that Ford is using is talking about how Bev Hollander, Den Hollander was a uh, was a uh, inspiration to her, and it's like you got to be kidding me, and 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 it's proof that you know you should not let the acts of others define you. It's like, well, wait a minute, you just went and threw craps uh, on a national stage against a a good man named Brett Kavanaugh, and now you're the one who's representing uh, someone who has all the credibility in the world in the form of Den Hollander. It's unbelievable. And you're right. It is an insult. It's a, definitely an insult to the legit victims out there and the people who, and, and, and for future victims out there, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable, buddy. So I, uh, right, and they're uh, making this woman a, a superstar, Jamie. And uh, it only, that only uh, promotes the next uh, fake victim to come along and uh, spew some story against uh, another good man and try to bring him down. Pretty despicable. I thought that the Me Too movement's Emily Latella 
was was uh, the the Nevermind. You know, uh, I, I thought I thought I thought Vocal Fry didn't want to be in the spotlight. That's what I thought. I thought she didn't want to be in the. Did you see the meme by the way of uh, Joe Biden? Uh, they 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 cut out a picture of her from the hearing, and then they put Joe Biden behind her, like he you know, you know how he grabs little girl's shoulders and oh starts my. to kiss on him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's doing that to to Doctor Ford, and the, and the words are, "I heard you can keep a secret for thirty years." It's pretty interesting. It's it's Joe Biden. Oh my gosh! Unbelievable. Yeah, I missed that one. So you have a yep. an interesting post. President Trump is uh, coming out swinging on the uh, border and the wall. And uh, President Trump, you have a, a piece of tape here talking about how he he's actually using the Democrats' own words from long ago, including Obama and Clinton, to bolster his case uh, for more border control and a wall. Uh, and here, let me just... Absolute hypocrites. All along, they've been supporting walls and supporting fences and supporting all sorts of border security. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. I voted uh, numerous times when I was a senator to spend money to build a, uh, a barrier to try to prevent um, illegal immigrants from coming in. I mean, you get the point. He, he had he, it's tape after tape after tape of Obama, Clinton, Schumer, Pelosi, all these people talking about how tough they are on illegal immigration. And now suddenly President Trump is the, the most xenophobic man on earth. It's an interesting play and good for President Trump for fighting back. <laughs> right. It's, it's a great clip. And uh, Trump put it out on his Twitter page, yeah. which is... Uh, just uh, so brilliant, you know, it's where everybody will see it. And uh, I did look that up. That was uh, in, in 2006, which isn't that long ago, the Democrats were bragging about how they were uh, going to vote on this bill that was going to be a double fence for 700 miles, a uh, double barrier, you know, on the border, and uh, uh, how it was going to be so great to uh, stop illegal immigration. And, um, and yet it never got done. You know, and now rather than being upset that it never got built, the Democrats, of course, we hear Pelosi this week saying that uh, walls don't work and walls are immoral and uh, that she would she would let the government shut down forever before she would pay a dime on a on a border wall. So uh, it's it's really strange what's happening to this Democrat Party. I don't I don't think in modern history we've seen any major party like this becomes so um, unhinged and dangerous and living in some crazed, you know, uh, fantasy world than the Democrat Party today. Yeah. You also have a post which is uh, excellent on uh, another great President Trump move, and that is when he canceled the White House media feedback and said, I'm not feeding you people on the taxpayer dollar anymore. I'm not, you're not, we're not having a Christmas party for the fake news media. So good for him canceling the Christmas party for the news media. Why would you do that anyway? You know, and it's all taxpayer funded. So it's saving us money as it is. I don't want to feed Jim Acosta a shrimp cocktail. Thank you very much. Right. Right. You know, you know what is even funnier is that, uh, he, uh, uh, he did state, though, that they, they'd be welcome to come in for a tour of the Christmas decorations if they wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
with their family. That's yeah. hilarious. It's funny because because really pe- the same people who who made mocks Melania. Yeah, and the same people who probably don't even call it Christmas. You know what I mean? They, you know, it's uh, <laughs> the the winter solstice yeah. or whatever it is they use. So yeah, and it's funny because you know apparently what you'd get with a ticket into the Christmas party is you would also get an ability to bring your family in and tour the White House. And so it was like this is just like these people are such ingrates. I wouldn't be coming close to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this and apparently Chris Wallace is sad that it's it's canceled. Says uh, Bill on here on the Facebook page, and you know, oh well, you know, Chris oh, Wallace, no. you know, Chris Wallace of all people probably, you know, is probably the least culpable in terms of being in the fake news media. But unfortunately, he's being uh, lumped in with everybody else. Although I think a couple of Fox News hosts are getting special treatment, but I don't know. It's 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 just it's uh, it's crazy. By the way, you know, I I've been having trouble. I heard the sound bite, but I've been having trouble finding it, which I think is interesting. Uh, the James Comey, where he was appearing at some kind of breakfast or some kind of speech. And he openly bragged that he took advantage of a naive White House and essentially uh, sent FBI agents there. And that's how General Flynn wound up really actually not having an attorney when he was speaking to the FBI agents. He thought it was just like kind of like a casual get to know the FBI meeting. And it turns out they pulled a fast one over the White House, and that was at James Comey's direction. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he made those comments this past weekend at an event in Washington or in New York City, um, openly bragging about how uh, because the Trump administration wasn't a, you know, as up to snuff as the Bush administration or Obama administration, he had no problem doing this. Um, it was actually when they ambushed General Flynn, uh, Jamie, as you know, it was like three or four days after the inauguration. So, I mean, uh, this Comey, what a despicable guy. And we're seeing more and more every day, Jamie, just how uh, the deep state is real and how these people uh, are partisan hacks and uh, how they've really brought down the, the, the FBI, the DOJ, to where, you know, I don't, I don't see any reason why people would trust these organizations until they clean house. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I heard a guy the other day refer to James Comey as a person who has, uh, you know, you've heard of short man syndrome. He has tall man syndrome, where he described Comey That's as this funny. is as this ego maniacal has to be the smartest guy in the room guy. And I've I actually saw Comey speak here in St. Louis, and it was uncomfortable watching a guy who was so. And self-absorbed and bizarre. I, I just really thought this guy was. Uh, I, I thought there was something wrong with him when I when I watched him speak. I was really kind of uh, amazed at this guy. I've never seen anything like it. But uh, but anyway, that that kind of bragging just goes to show you that you know uh, he and he knows it's not going to become controversial, except maybe on Fox News. And most people are going to bury it. You reported it, obviously, but you know what I'm saying is it didn't even get much attention, although at the top level of Gateway Pundit, at gatewaypundit.com, another General Flynn story, and it is that uh, you have apparently this uh, John Solomon character 
uh, has actually an FBI uh, said that the FBI has a document that would exonerate uh, Flynn. John Solomon was on Hannity's show. I didn't. I didn't mean to call him a character, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. He says that they actually that this that that. Uh, the administration. I'll play the soundbite for you. Hang on a second here. I'm going to, I'm going to try to get it to John, where I can play it. John, chose more than anything. This was week one. McCabe's actions, Strzok's actions, Comey's actions. Comey's admission on that tape. Oh, we wouldn't do this in the Obama administration or or the Bush administration. This is week one of the Trump administration. It shows me yeah. that it was it was set up from the get go, day one. Uh, uh- I've been lucky to uh, interview most uh, FBI directors and former FBI directors. I have never in my life heard an FBI director talk the way that Director Comey did on Sunday night. It's not the language that FBI and law enforcement use. But let me, let me say something else tonight about Mike Flynn. In May of 2017, there was a document identified to a small number of people in the United States government. It's in the possession of the Defense Intelligence Agency. For 18 months, there's been an effort to resist declassifying that document. I know that that document contains extraordinary exculpatory information about General Flynn. I don't believe the president has ever been told about the existence of this document. One lawmaker discovered it, but he was thwarted by the Defense Intelligence Agency and his ability to disclose it. I think we all should ask for that declassification. Get that out. It may enlighten the judge. It will certainly enlighten the American public. I mean, that's Big news that there is a document, and John yeah. Solomon called it exculpatory, which is obviously uh, a, a exonerating General Flynn, and and it and it shows that Comey basically set Flynn up. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is huge news, and uh, I posted this right away because uh, Jamie, I. I I met the Flynn family. I met Michael Flynn, General Flynn. What a good man. I mean, Jamie, you're around him for about two minutes and you talk to him and you just realize this guy's, you know, a, a, a man of integrity, uh, phenomenal record. Uh, he stood up. Here's what's interesting. You know, he stood up to Obama during uh, Obama's administration. And when Obama was downplaying ISIS, General Flynn came out and told Congress that it was a serious threat. Of course, General Flynn was right, but he embarrassed Barack Obama. So not only did he uh, end up leaving the, the Obama administration, but then they targeted him. Isn't that amazing? They, 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 they stalked him and targeted him. And, uh, and he ends up with this, this charge that the more we learn about it now at the last minute, um, his, uh, his, I believe it's Monday or Tuesday when the judge comes out and makes a decision about Michael Flynn. They've recommended no jail time. But in the meantime, which means they really don't have anything. In the meantime, uh, they've destroyed this man. They put an asterisk behind his rest of time. Um, the history books will rewrite it in some liberal way to make it sound like he's a dishonorable man. He is one of the best guys I've ever met. He's so humble. He could be a real, you know, jackass because he's uh, he has such a stellar record. But no, he's he's a very nice, kind, considerate uh, Christian man, um, good Catholic man. His mother was part of the uh, Schlafly Eagles. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, she was, she was a friend of Phyllis's. Wow. Uh, and um, here he is. Uh, here he is. And uh, uh, the last minute we find out about this this document that the DIA is holding. 
And uh, so I, I posted this. It did go pretty viral, but not viral enough. I mean, we need, we need the government to step in. I certainly hope and pray that uh, the right people were listening last night who can talk to this president and let us know, show some transparency on what this document says. It's so important. And uh, it's just, again, uh, I, I hope it gets released. This, this, uh, this deep state really needs a, a house cleaning. And uh, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm very curious on what it says uh, because it, it must be, uh, a, a, say something pretty important. Um, so uh, I'm going to pray today. I'm going to keep pushing this out and hopefully we'll see the president do something. That's pretty amazing because I think I kind of have pegged the reason why they went after Flynn and General Flynn in this way. And it's coming actually uh, around because I'm hearing all the people who are defending James Comey and all the people who are defending uh, the people who went after him and all the detractors of General Flynn. Every time they speak, they bring up this phrase. Well, he was the guy that first chanted, lock her up. And, 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 and now I'm, tr- I'm starting to think, oh, that must have been why he became and got a target on his back by Comey and the others who were so protective of, of Hillary Clinton and Comey and the others who were so, so big detractors of President Trump. That must have been why, to a certain degree, General Flynn was targeted as payback for his locker up comments. I think it's that simple. Right. Right. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, because well, it- I had I had not heard that. Um, but that uh yeah, that's uh again it just makes you lose a little bit more respect for this uh this this deep state, this uh FBI and CIA that we have and the Department of Justice. What a joke. Dude, what do you know about Judith Miller, by the way? Uh, she's driving me crazy, uh, and she's on Fox News, and she is basically just a never Trumper. She, she's so she lacks such credibility, and is such a whiny hag. I, I'm trying to figure out like <laughs> what what is what is up with her. But I I, I mean I, I basically turn off Fox News when she appears because she's just so hard huh. to listen to. What is that? Oh wow! Well, I've uh, luckily I, I've luckily missed her recent uh, <laughs> uh, segments where she's been on Fox News, uh, and it's probably a big part of the reason I turned to Fox Business during the day. I don't want to hear this Trump bashing that we get on several of the shows there, but I do enjoy Fox Business. There's a tip for your listeners. Yes, um, uh, I think Varney's exceptional. A couple other shows during the day just exceptional. And Lou Dobbs is just a can't miss. He's just phenomenal. So. Uh, so that's interesting because I never thought I'd say that, but you know, you get to the point, Trump has really flipped things around. And, uh, I think with Judith Miller, you know, she, she has this, this, uh, pedigree from the New York times. She, uh, has been around the elitist, certainly going to the cock on the cocktail circuit, you know, for years. And I, I think with people like her and Jeff Flake, their biggest mistake is that they believe the media and they base their decisions uh, on the mainstream liberal media. And if you're a person who does that today, you're going to be highly disinformed and, uh, you know, you're just not going to have the facts. Uh, so, you know, I don't know, maybe she's trying to, uh, 
get back in the graces of the left uh, a little better because she's been on Fox for a few years. Right. I'm not really sure, but uh, it doesn't surprise me what's going on with her. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The Fox business channel, I think is, I think actually is, is great. Uh, and, uh, and the Fox, the late afternoon stuff with Cavuto, I have a little bit of an issue with him. I just can't stand to listen to him interrupt people all the time and, and just, right, be, right. I, I, I can't tolerate Cavuto to a certain degree. But nonetheless, some of the other guys, uh, um, uh, Charles Payne is awesome. And, and so I, I like those guys. And, 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 you know, let me tell you something. This is why the Gateway Pundit is so cool, people, because oftentimes you can go to gatewaypundit.com and he's taking the words right out of your mouth. Uh, an example of that, when I heard these people on CNN bashing Melania Trump for complaining in her interview. Elsewhere on CNN, guests and pundits on CNN attacking First Lady Melania Trump, calling her whiny when she tried to defend herself, Melania. Let's roll tape. You would think in her rare public appearances, you know, that some terrible wrong has has been done to her in this country. That's funny. And and when I'm listening to that, and I listen to that actually uh, live, to tell you the truth, I'm thinking to myself, you could poss- you could quite possibly be talking about Michelle Obama because every time I turned around, Michelle Obama was bitching about how hard her life was. I mean, even <laughs> even post Obama, she was interviewed and, and uh, talking about how uh, you know America is racist and and Barack was this and Barack was that, and it's like, oh Lord, lady. Uh, and that Melania Trump says one little thing because she has been roundly attacked, by the way, uh, unlike Michelle All Obama, right. who was roundly lauded and on People magazine's cover every three weeks. Uh, and, and so, right. you know, so them they never said a word about Michelle Obama, who's who never I, as far as I was concerned, I, I remember when she said she wasn't even uh, proud to be an American. Or I mean, it was like. She was the darkest soul on earth for eight years. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think CNN, again, just goes down a couple notches with that little episode there. It's pretty disgusting. And I did include in my post one of the times where Michelle Obama claimed, uh, complained. Uh, of course, when Michelle Obama complained, nothing was said as, oh, we probably need to look into that. Maybe that's what, what the response was. Um, but they, they, uh, they loved Michelle Obama. She got nothing but excellent press. She, uh, and, and you compare Michelle Obama to, uh, to Melania Trump, who is a former fashion model, doesn't get any covers on some of these fashion magazines. The left basically, um, ignores Melania or they, uh, or they, they're attacking her, you know, for something silly like her Christmas decorations, which by the way, were outstanding. And they ripped Melania Trump for that. And there was even a, a title on one of the Washington Post articles saying, well, maybe Melania just isn't cut out for this. You know, I mean, these people are awful. They are really awful people, the things that they put, you know, conservatives through. And Melania Trump, of all people, she's beautiful. She's extremely intelligent, speaks, what, five languages? Who else does that? You know, who else has that ability? Uh, a handful of people that, you know. Um, she, uh, she built a business for herself. She came to America. She's courageous. Uh, she, um, marries a, a mega billionaire and, uh, has an incredible life and an incredible story coming from a, 
you know, a communist bloc country. And here, uh, here the, the media treats her like trash. In fact, we've heard, we've heard people even, you know, accuse her of being a, a, a you know, a, a, just a hooker. It's just awful how they treat this woman, you know? And, uh, uh, in fact, Jamie, let me throw this out there. There's still a video on Twitter and I, I'm going to post about this because as Twitter continues to shut down conservatives and, you know, block conservative accounts, there's still this, this tweet out there by this rapper T.I. that shows Melania Trump as a, as a prostitute and stripper in the White House. Right. And it's really disgusting. And it's still out there, and it was put up in October. So, uh, you know, there is a double standard. We see that. And, uh, and Melania Trump is a great example of that. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi walks out of the White House wearing some coat that looks like she ought to be pushing a shopping cart down a down a uh, a street in New York that looks like a homeless woman, and, and 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 apparently now this red coat, which is ugly by the way and boxy, uh, and, and, and now she's being lauded as this have this epic fashion queen. Did you did you see all that attention paid to her red coat? Oh, I miss that. Oh, but you, that you, you, you yeah. got to see what's going on over the Internet now. It's just blowing up. And I'm not calling her a pig, but this is a great example of lipstick on a pig. Nancy Pelosi wears some bo- <laughs> boxy, ugly coat that looks like it came from Sears. And, and she's now uh, the, the hottest fashion model on Earth, in fact, so much so that the coat maker is now re-releasing the coat for sale because everybody wants to buy it now. Apparently, because they saw Nancy Pelosi wearing it, she looks like she ought to be feeding pigeons in this thing. <laughs> you know that that is funny. I see it, and it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's formless. You know, it's just a big bag <laughs> coat. Um, you know, what's funny, Jamie, is I just looked this up as you were talking and somebody's already come out with a <laughs> new Twitter account. It's called uh, Nancy Pelosi's red coat. Oh my God. Is that funny? <laughs> and uh, they described themselves. They described themselves. Nancy Pelosi's red coat is the Twitter handle. And they described themselves as a nurse, a lawyer, a crazy chicken lady. Um, an embarrassed American, uh, feminist killjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God, I love the humor on the right. That is so funny. Uh, anyway, you can check that out on Twitter. Nancy Pelosi's red coat. I mean, this is, this is the biggest, uh, fake kind of, uh, of laudatory attention being paid to Nancy Pelosi. I've seen in, in a long time. In fact, they even got to the point where they, they came out. I don't know whether you've ever seen the Thug Life memes, but she puts on her sunglasses and she gets the Thug Life treatment. I'm going, are you freaking kidding me? You people are so desperate. <laughs> uh, you're so desperate to, to, to put this lipstick on a pig like this and, and you, you, to put the square peg in the round hole. It's like, uh, man, <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. So. I, they're, they're so over the top. Jamie, it's just incredible, isn't it? This the left has just lost their mind. They're pushing fantasy. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people see that, but it goes back to that. You know, uh, it's, it's just like everything that's up is down with these people. So, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had yeah, to be- Pelosi. You know what was funny was there's a uh, video out there, Jamie, for your listeners. Um, there's a video out there of this woman. She calls herself the, uh, the body language ghost. And she uh, she describes this meeting with Trump and Pelosi and Schumer, and it is hilarious. I love this this uh, t- YouTube account, and I posted on this. And she says from the body language that Trump set Pelosi and Schumer up. They were completely surprised that the media was going to walk in on them, and they were very. She describes, and you know, it's very true as you look at them. They look really stiff, uncomfortable, and you know, angry. It's just, it is so funny, but um. Uh, you know, Trump, again, he uh, checkmates them before they know what the hell's happening. I look forward to this for a couple of years. I, I, I love that. Uh, I love that whole meeting. And I love how th- they decided they were going to make this all about how, how what a boss Nancy Pelosi was when she looked so stupid and humiliated and bug eyed and didn't want the press there. This is the, angry. This is this is the same press. Uh, that Nancy Pelosi said is an integral part of our uh, democracy, as she called it. A- and and any time President Trump attacks Jim Acosta, they're always coming to the to the defense of the news media. And unless the news media happens to be at a meeting where they don't want the news media, and then suddenly it's like, oh, we don't want to be here with the press here. Suddenly the press is kind of a uh, a, a nuisance to them. And I think it's I th- I thought it was great. I loved how President Trump. Uh, when when uh, she said that the Trump shutdown, he goes, I'm sorry, what'd you say? Trump shutdown. He turns to Chuck Schumer and, sh- and said, and said, that's going to hurt her. Uh, or that's going to come back to haunt her. And then, then Schumer, right out of the blocks, <laughs> you know, here, here's the Senate minority leader coming to a meeting with the president and his biggest uh, piece of ammunition, his biggest weapon is the Washington Post Pinocchio article. I'm thinking, oh, Lord. And then that was funny because he, he said, um, <laughs> Schumer's brought yeah, the Washington Post gave you four Pinocchios. And, and, and Trump's like, the Washington Post? <laughs> and he turns to Mike Pence and he starts to laugh. It's like, it's the funniest damn thing. I love the video. Love it. <laughs> Oh, it was great. I loved it. I hope we uh, see more of that. And it is funny. Again, the left is promoting this as a huge win for the left. No, no, no. People watch that. The fact that they continue, you know, Jamie, the fact that they, they, they're insulting enough to Americans that they're saying that a wall doesn't work and a wall is immoral when 65 countries around the world out of 190 some have walls, you know, with their neighbors. It's just, they're just so insulting of our intelligence. And uh, unfortunately, again, there's just a, you know, a large segment of America that buys that crap. Uh, they never question a thing. Yeah. Uh, you got it. You got to do. I, I can't wait to see your coverage of this, uh, of the Nancy, Pol- what they're calling the Nancy Pelosi power coat. They hashtagged it the new queen. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I mean, it, it's uh <laughs> It's it's just it, you talk about how it's it's kind of like when 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 Hillary Clinton lost, they were looking for any other old woman in a pantsuit they could elevate to a world leader. So they went to Angela Merkel as their as their German version of Hillary Clinton. They just will continue to just simply invent their own reality. Unfortunately, though. You have the media that is more than happy to go ahead and pick up on that and promote that. And all on all the Monday, all the morning shows, 
They featured Nancy Pelosi's coat, and it's just it's unbelievable. And and they and they rarely say a word about Melania Trump, who actually actually really is classy and really is pretty and really right. does wear nice coats. Right. It's like wow. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, man. Unbelievable. I know it is. I got to look up the Twitter account. It's called what is it called? Nancy Pelosi's red coat. Um, yeah, Pelosi's red coat. It's hilarious. And it's a lady with some chickens, you know, <laughs> some chickens. It's, uh, it, it, you know what? It's almost like, you know, she, oh, God. she, she looks like that old it's woman funny. who comes out of the house to go to the mailbox, but she's, she has her pajamas underneath, but she's wearing her coat. That's what she looks like yeah. to me. She looks like she's coming right. out to check her mail at the mailbox. I, I'm looking forward to, I, I really right. wish I had the talent or the technology to to do uh, counter memes with Nancy Pelosi. Like, for instance, I would have her, like I said earlier, I would have her in her coat pushing a shopping cart with a, with a, with a trash bags full of clothes in it and, and a down, down, <laughs> down a New York street in that coat. Or I'd have her going and getting her mail. Or, or I'd have her uh, feeding pigeons uh, from a park bench. But you, you, but th- this uh, this new one regarding the chickens is pretty funny too. So I gotta I gotta work on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Too well, funny. yeah, buddy. Uh, thanks so much, and and always good to, to good to talk to you. And uh, and and I'm sure that we'll be. Uh, I, I'm sure that all the late liberal ladies out there are knocking themselves out to f- to flood into Marshall Fields. For the Max Mara red coat. I can't wait to see it all happen. (laughs) Right. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. Thegatewaypundit.com is where you can find him. And uh, that's Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. I mean, folks, that's funny. Now, uh, I guess I'm going to have to – I got to get myself together for – to to get my my stuff going on, my meme capabilities. Because I have it all in my head. I just don't have the technology or the ability to translate it. (laughs) That coat is ugly, though. I'm sorry. Just because it's red doesn't make it pretty. It's in the the Macy's homeless lady aisle, by the way. I, I, I have to hand it to uh, all of these folks, though, uh, on the left. They certainly know how to. They certainly know how to put lipstick on the pig and make things are what they aren't. But they're actually propped up by the news media, so it's not really that much of a talent. But yeah, it's funny to watch them going crazy over that red coat. I'm telling you, it looks like a homeless lady's coat. I'm not making, and I'm not making fun of homeless ladies. You know, I have, I have, I have uh, sympathy for the homeless, but she looks like she ought to be feeding pigeons. I'm telling you, and that's my that's what my meme is. Anybody out there know how to do that? Just you know. I need I need a Nancy Pelosi pushing a shopping cart with trash bags full of clothes in it. I need a in that coat. 
I need Nancy Pelosi feeding pigeons in the coat in some kind of uh, park circle. And I need Nancy Pelosi going out, uh, leaving her Creevecore home to walk down the driveway to get her mail in that coat. That's what I need. <laughs> I just looked it up and feed the birds came to mind. It's true, Linda. Yeah, definitely um, definitely fit in the square peg in the round hole those uh, people are there in the news media. And the thing is, what you, what's funny is you have like like one of the one of the people who was the most laudatory that I saw on Twitter was uh, was like this revolution all Twitter account, which is like part of the resistance and everything. And and are you telling me that you hipster left wing Antifa monkeys are all now worshiping at the feet of Nancy Pelosi? Because she's wearing some uh, $20 Macy's coat? Come on, people. We're supposed to believe that? And again, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Blackwell or anything. I'm a fashion expert. But if you're going to make that big of a deal over a boxy, formless, homeless lady coat, then I'm going to call you out on it. If you didn't say anything about her coat, I would never have said anything about her coat. I wouldn't have like just simply willingly criticized Nancy Pelosi in a coat. But if if you're if you're if you're actually going to make a big that big of a deal about it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and throw one at you. That's all I'm saying. You guys, this morning I talked about this, and I was. Uh, very happy. Oh, okay. You know what? You guys did not remind me to talk about soccer and basketball, did you? I asked you very nicely to remind me to talk about soccer and basketball, and I'm the one who remembered. Normally, you guys are the ones who remember, but this time, I'm the one who remembered. I'm just letting you know. But I'll get that to, to you in a second, okay? Because I really want to tell you about... Michael Proctor and Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Yes, people. Window fashions galore. You talk about things that look good. Nancy Pelosi's coat does not look good. Even if you hung it over your window, it still would not be as high class and highfalutin as the window fashions brought to you by Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com. Seven days a week, he arrives at your doorstep. Well, he doesn't arrive at your doorstep seven days a week. I, that, but Michael's a nice guy and loves to come to your house, but I promise you he won't come to your house seven days a week. I'm just letting you know that. Invite him into your house. He'll be able to size up everything, and he'll and he'll and he'll show you what you need. A lot of people who do window treatments just want to kind of know. They want to they they want the decision sometimes to be made for them because you know. Hubby and wifey argue over what looks good, what doesn't look good, and they and they go to some place and get samples, and they come back to the house and they sit there and I don't like that kind of you know, and it's just like a bicker fest. So what you do is you have uh, Michael come in, the king of window fashions, and he comes in and says, "I know what you need. You need this right here. You need chiffon here. You need the uh, this beautiful thing, and I've got this beautiful hardware to put up there." And you're like, "Oh, thank goodness somebody told me what I need." 
That's what Michael will do because he's an interior designer celebrating 45 years in the window treatment business. It's Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com is where you're going to be able to uh, hook up with him. And the value is unbelievable, and he's, uh, he's a good man on top of that. So I started the show this morning with this, and some of you now have uh, hopped on and maybe didn't hear it. But I got to hand it to KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Of course, uh, their marketing genius began a long time ago when they went from Kentucky Fried Chicken to KFC. So I, I, it's, it's amazing that Kentucky Fried Chicken managed to pull that one off, where they, somebody just said, you know what? Fried foods uh, during this health, it kind of came during the whole health craze, you know? The fat free, everybody had to, you know, Michelle Obama telling everybody to eat carrots. I mean, yeah, she, Michelle Obama was so uh, scoldy. She didn't even leave kids alone. Eat your carrots, racist white nine year old. It's like, yeah. Anyway, so KFC said, I know what we'll do. We'll just take the, fr- we just won't use the word fried. How does that sound? And they're like, brilliant, Bob. And they came up with KFC. That's pretty genius. I mean, nobody's really fooled by it necessarily, but it still is fried. But but it doesn't make people feel like it's fried. Like you could could say, let's go to KFC, and you're not saying, let's go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, and you feel less guilty about it. And, and 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 that psychology went into how they uh, they they did this. Uh, let me let me see if I can find this uh, from Patton Oswalt here quickly. The the uh, the um, the KFC joke because KFC is always coming up with awesome marketing. Uh, here, let me let me. I I, can't, I don't. By the way, I don't know. Whether or not, um, whether or not, uh, wait, hold on. Where, where the hell is this? Here, listen. I'm so, I'm so hungry right now. What's good to eat at the, at the Kentucky Fried Chicken? What's good to have here? What's, uh, what do you have on your menu that's really good? Oh, um, our mashed potatoes are great. Those are really good. People love the mashed potatoes. Um, Oh, our corn is really sweet and crunchy. People love the corn. Oh, we have these new um, breaded chicken strips. They're really tasty. And, oh, if you get the mashed potatoes, you've got to get the, uh, the gravy. Because the gravy is fucking awesome. And also, okay, you know what? Stop talking. Um, can you take all those food items and pile them in a single bowl for me? And uh, I'll just eat them like a death row prisoner on suicide watch. <laughs> anyway, I can just fucking have those. Um, yes, we can pile that in a bowl. Uh, but we can also arrange it on a plate like you're an adult with self-respect and dignity. There's no way to put that in a single bowl. Fuck that. I'm done. I don't give a shit anymore. Just pile my food in a brown mound in a bowl. And is there a way that the bowl can play Pink Floyd's uh, Great Gig in the Sky while I eat it alone <laughs> in my apartment at 2 in the morning? 
with all the lights off and just... That's their most popular item. Those fucking bowls that can't keep them on the shelf. America has spoken. Pile my food in a fucking bowl like I'm a dog. I don't give a shit anymore. If there's any way you could put my dinner in a blender and liquefy it and then put it into a caulking gun and inject it into my femoral artery, that would be even better. (laughs) So anyway, sorry about the language there, but you got to admit, that's funny. And and actually, that's true. KFC came up with what he ultimately called the sad bowl. And so, but but that's what people want. Listen, when you have, when you, tell me I'm not correct. When you have Thanksgiving dinner, right? And you've got your, you've got your, uh, your uh, gravy, your mashed potatoes, and your, and your turkey. Are you telling me you don't put, a little mashed potatoes and gravy on your turkey and put it in a, on a fork and put it in your mouth? Of course you do. And, and let me and tell you this. Let me ask you this. If you, if you could put it in a bowl altogether, or for that matter, and I'm not trying to outdo Patton Oswald, but if you, like, baked it in a pie, are you telling me you wouldn't eat that? In fact, that's isn't that what shepherd's pie is anyway? You just put all that stuff in one thing, put a crust on it, and and eat it like that. So KFC gets you. They know you. They they know first of all if they don't call it fried, you won't either, and you won't feel as bad about going to Kentucky Fried Chicken because it's called KFC. So. Uh, I'm not going to. It's, it's kind of like when I uh, say I didn't end a sentence in a preposition and then I finish up the sentence so I don't end a sentence in a preposition. See how I do that? So if I go to KFC and it's then the word fried isn't in there, then I'm not going to Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm going to KFC. Deal done. But yeah, the bowl is what everybody wants. And so I, that sounds really good. I love, I love it when. Pat Oswald, who uh, talked about how to put it in a blender and put it in a caulking gun and inject it into your artery. That's that's good comedy right there. But also, and all good comedy is based in truth. And the truth is that bowl is good. The sad bowl is awesome. I haven't been to Kentucky. I don't. I haven't been to KFC in heaven knows how long. But I I love the food, and I, I'm and I just don't go there because I just don't think about it. But you put a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken in front of me. I'm eating it. So I I'm, I love fried chicken. I used to go to uh, before I I'll get into this in a second. I used to go. I'll tell you the quick story. Some of you have heard it before, but uh, I used to go to a place called Medici's uh, with Julius Hunter, and we would go. Uh, I, I would be done sometimes with my newscast, my reporting, like at six. And Julius was a friend of mine. Julius was a mentor of mine. Julius doesn't like me anymore because of my politics. So uh, we're not friends anymore, unfortunately. But I always loved Julius. He just didn't love me after he found out what my politics were all about. So, so what? At that point. But anyway, I appreciated the life I had with him at the time. So we'd go down to Medici's after Channel 4's news at 6. And we'd go, and uh, you know, because he was kind of like my, my my mentor guy. He was my we he and I got along great. He we was just just so such a nice guy, and he 
uh, do Mary feeling and everything else. And it's a sad state of affairs when people just stop liking you, be, stop being your friend because of your politics. Anyway, we go down to Medici's and, uh, you know, I get a drink and Jewish would start out with a Manhattan, uh, and then another Manhattan. And then we'd order our plate of chicken and they had the best chicken, man. I'm telling you fried chicken. And it was like $4 a plate for this big mound of fried chicken. And you get his mashed potatoes too. And other things like that. And then he taught me how to put, uh, crystals, hot sauce and just soak the fried chicken in the crystals, hot sauce. Uh, and so that they had, and, and that's good. I'm telling you. And, uh, so, and then, then he'd order a beer. Then another beer, and then at the time I, I I was I couldn't even I could barely walk out of there uh, uh, after drinking with him, and then and then he would and he would go and do the ten o'clock news. I was amazed. I'd, I'd turn on the news and and it was flawless, flawless. Uh, you know, and you'd think that you could barely even you know speak after all that, but no, he. He went. Um, he went right there on the news, and I always be fascinated. Uh, I turn on the news at ten o'clock and go, "Man, that guy is amazing." I don't know how he does it. Couple three Manhattans in, two beers, and boom, he's up on t- the ten o'clock news, not making one mistake. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I compared it to like the, the the guy who walks straight in an earthquake when you're intoxicated. I don't know. Anyway, Julius is a good man, uh, but I, I I feel bad that he's. Uh, disown me, but other than that, it's it's fine. It's it's another, another day in the life. So anyway, uh, I, to to begin my I began this in the in the, in the uh, beginning uh, of the of the show. So I want to continue on with this. So so KFC first of all uh, has the they came up with the bowl. They came up with the re, renaming of the brand. Uh, now people actually sit there and wait to find out who the next um, who the next Colonel Sanders is going to be. Uh, I thought Reba McIntyre was a terrible choice, but look at me. I'm even talking about the choice of Colonel Sanders. So, you know, look at that's how great they are at, the, at this marketing game. Then uh, in 2016, they uh, gave away 3,000 bottles of Colonel Sanders extra crispy sunscreen, which actually smelled like chicken. Like fried chicken. So people were wearing, well, I don't know whether people really actually, I don't know why you'd want to smell like fried chicken. I don't really, I mean, I know it's a nice smell, but whether or not you'd want to smell like it is another thing. It's it's one thing to like the smell of something. It's another thing to actually want to smell like that something. It's kind of like, oh, that's kind of, that's a little much. But speaking of all that, because apparently I'm not – that's why KFC is KFC and I'm who I am and KFC is a multi-billion-dollar business and I'm not. So now they've come up with the KFC 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log for $18.99. If you go to kfcfirelogs.com, you can order a log – that's when you burn it, it smells like fried chicken, which is fantastic. You, you could, you could actually, uh, it's, it's, it comes in, 
it's uh it's really pretty amazing really it, it's a, it's you know the paper covered log right and it's the 11 urban spice fire log and it's you know it's it's obviously one of those fake fake logs you can just light up and and it comes in a brown package that has all the K- kfc kind of logo on it but it actually kind of has a little bit of a retro look to it and <laughs> And it's it's the KFC eleven hundred spice fire log, and then it has the, the writing on it says it smells like fried chicken, and it's eighteen ninety nine. The only thing I would I would uh, improve upon is I would go ahead and um, it was on sale as of yesterday, and you got to purchase this online. But I'm thinking to myself, why wouldn't you just have a big stack of them at every KFC? You know, like a, like as a display, and you just. Uh, and you just order it that way. You'll never settle for a boring fire-scented fire again. <laughs> for more than a million years, mankind has been attempting to improve upon the simple fire. We've tried burning different things like sticks or leaves or various incriminating documents. We've tried making fires last longer. We've even figured out how to turn them into different colors. All of that experimentation, all that innovation has culminated in this event, the KFC 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log from Envirolog. Imbued with the unmistakable mouth-watering aroma of Colonel Sanders' secret recipe, the KFC 11 Herbs and Spices Fire Log finally puts the rest the age-old de- dilemma, how can I make this fire a hundred bajillion times better? Uh-oh. You know what? Now it says it's sold out. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is. They saw it's sold out. Then I just went to the. I'm sorry about that, folks. I just went to the website and it and it's actually sold out. So anyway, it burns up to two, two and a half to three hours, uh, and um, the only warning on it is that it may attract bears. <laughs> Or neighbors who are hungry, and it's it also cautions you: please don't put face directly into fire in an attempt to smell fried chicken. Yeah, Jane took the words right out of their mouth. They said it may attract bears if you burn it in the woods of your cabin. Probably, <laughs> it's 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 pretty amazing. So that's the story. That that's that's how great. Although I I do think they shouldn't have sold out on this. They should have just they should have them uh, available. And I was wondering when somebody was going to finally come up with something that you could mix uh the mix into that whatever that concoction is that makes the fake log. Like I'm surprised and maybe they've already come up with it. I'm surprised they didn't come up, have it come up with like cinnamon scented logs or pumpkin scented logs or I mean again, I'm the pumpkin thing just uh mesmerizes me but uh i don't get the pumpkin thing i don't get i don't get pumpkin beer i don't get pumpkin anything but apparently that's the thing so people want pumpkin so you could get a pumpkin smelling log i would think like we could make one of those anything any, anything scented you could make a uh you could make a fire log that smells like mitchum or how about you know what you know it would be really sexy and that the ladies would love is a fire log that smells like high karate. Yeah, baby. Little high karate for you. 
Uh, and, and so you'd burn the fire log and you'd put on a little, you'd, you'd invite the, the ladies in and you put on a little uh, baby it's cold outside and burn your high karate scented fire log. Oh, it'd drive them crazy. Actually, was uh, watching old high karate videos. I don't know why I got into some. Oh, the girls, the, the 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 girls were like karate chopping me or something, you know, as they normally do. And uh, and I said uh, high karate, and they go and they're like, "What are you? What?" And I don't I don't know. And then, so I got then I got into the whole missive about. So I'm even distracted when I I even go into sidetrack lectures when I'm with the kids. And so I said, uh, yeah, high karate. Uh, it, it's an old, uh, it's an old um, uh, cologne. But they had a great, they, high karate had a great marketing strategy. Uh, they, 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 you know, what ha- what the, their deal was when you had the, uh, when you had the commercial, uh, their deal was you'd, you'd, put the, you'd put the high karate on and, and, and the girls would just be jumping all over you. It wouldn't. I, I don't really know uh, whether or not that would be uh, something that you would normally do in a in, in like nowadays because people would frown upon it. But that's because that's just. But that's just because they're no fun. That's why. Here. This is High Karate's top secret lime orchard where High Karate's cracked botanists have developed the only lime big enough and powerful enough to go into High Karate Oriental Lime after shave. High Guy puts it on. Oriental Lime with indispensable instructions. And uh, uh, all the girls in the orchard <laughs> go mob him and maul him. Be careful how you use it. They even call it Oriental Lime. Those are the days when people smoked on airplanes, people. Yeah. And so, and then, then what happens is the guys, in order to get the women off of them, they, uh, they, he, they, the guys are karate chopping the, <laughs> the women to get them off of them. It's fed. It's fed. Those are back. I mean, we don't have those kind. And I did the whole Mr. Whipple thing. I'll, you know, don't squeeze the charm and stuff. I did that earlier in the week. But anyway, I'm just saying that that that's great marketing right there. But yeah, so a high karate scented. Oh, Lacey, you're gonna go in cognac and fine pipe tobacco scented log. Are there? Are am I, Are we saying they don't have those right now? Because that's actually a good, uh, good, good idea. I mean, and KFC, believe it or not, is the one that opens the door. For scented log entrepreneurs, just another service of Kentucky Fried Chicken, creating new ideas and innovative ways to smell up your fireplace every day. Good for them. Good for them. All right, I'm going to get to, uh, like I promised, I told you I was going to get to, I was going to get to my story about soccer and basketball. Just need to needed to remind me of that, but he didn't. You can see if Doug Giles ever got back to me. Uh, do, do, do. Okay, he's going to be on it with me at eight thirty. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Doug Giles always good for a laugh. Good morning, morning. Hey, how about ladies and gentlemen? How about my brother 
Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME is where you're going to find him. Low premiums, low deductibles, all at the same dying time, people. On your home, your auto, your life. I have all three with Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. And, yeah, going to be pretty amazing. Just and, and a lot of a lot of people think, well, I have this insurance with uh, State Farm, and I can't get out of that. I said, yeah, you can. There's no such thing. If you have a contract for your car insurance or your home insurance, you're with the wrong people because there should be no such thing. So you just run your insurance by uh, Matthew Mitchell. You'll be tearing up your tearing up your uh, your current policy. That's all I'm saying. It'll be it'll be easy. Eight five five. Quote me. Thank you. Also, the Golden Oak Lending three one four five six seven gold. Won't have to pay a. You won't have to pay a mortgage payment for two months when you refi with them, and also you're going to get a free appraisal when you get a mortgage checkup from them, thanks to uh, what they do there at Golden Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com. Also, like to thank Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com for all of your uh, health needs, PTSD, ADD, ADHD, back pain, stomach issues. Sinus issues, shoulder rhythm issues, whatever. He helps you and he does it without ever making you pop a pill or without ever making you go under a knife. Pretty amazing what Dr. Naputi does. NaputiWellness.com is the uh, website where you're going to find him. Yes, indeed, everybody. Thank you to Ricky Hall, veteran-owned Nutrition HQ and HQ.rocks. Check it out. I'm going to pop by there today. I got to get a, get my resupply of winoline and virilla tat. What's that? Virilla tat. That's just a, you know, hormone boost. It just kind of gets your test, testosterone levels up a little bit, you know, boost you a little bit there. And then you got, uh, I ran out a little while back. I haven't been, been back. So they've got the version for women too, which is great. And especially now, if you're not getting to the gym as much because you're busy with all the holiday stuff, but you're doubling up on the eating, you want to make sure you kind of stay lean and fit. He can help you do just that. Also has all kinds of great uh, protein-rich meals and energizers, pre-workouts. I'm doing this uh, phosphorus uh, stuff. I, I really don't get too much into the uh, ingredients, but i doing this phosphorus stuff and... Um, uh, it's it's a it's a pre workout. You take it about an hour before you start doing weights and working out, and it really really is a, adds to your workout quite a bit. I love I love that. And then also, uh, I'm doing the CDB oil. Is it CBD or CDB? I don't know. CBD. It's the it's the cannabis oil, and and it's not, it doesn't have any THC. In it. It's like getting you high. It's just the uh, the other properties of cannabis that. Uh, Calm your stomach down a little bit. Calm your nerves down a little bit, and uh, and it's good stuff. I I don't do it as regularly as I should, but I'll squirt some in my mouth every once in a while, and uh, and and uh, be down with that. I like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. You want to hear some Oscar Peterson while I talk about basketball? Why not? See what uh, Oscar Peterson has to say to all of us. Motions and emotions. 1969, the great Oscar Peterson, as I lay on the story of basketball in St. Louis to all of you. Thank you, Oscar. Boy, this sounds so 
1969, doesn't it? I don't think Facebook is going to take me off for this, do you? I bet you this is the kind of music you could put on Baby It's Cold Outside, but this might be the music you put on when you, put, when you burn your high karate log. Put that high karate log on. Light up a Kent. Right, is one of you suggested. Maybe pour a little Buffalo Trace whiskey in your glass. And then uh, let the ladies go wild because the high karate log and the Kent cigarettes and the Buffalo Trace whiskey, you can't go wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a little uh, brill cream in your hair. Sounds good. Oh, and you know the ladies love the ascot, right? That satin ascot that you like to wear. They love that. Dig it. Chicks dig that. Go for it. Do it. You can invite them in all together or one at a time. Whatever you want to do. But nothing beats the high karate log. Now, one of them is probably going to come in and go, are you Joe Biden? Because I'm not coming in here. That would be the problem. That's what that's the problem with Joe Biden is that Joe Biden ruined it for everybody. Joe Biden ruined it for all the good men out there who burn high karate scented logs and smoke Kent cigarettes and drink Buffalo Trace whiskey and put brill cream in their hair and wear an ascot. Joe Biden's ruined that because he's given all that a bad name. Oh, and by the way, don't forget, when the ladies start to get all crazed by the high karate log, and and go wild because they smell the high karate log. Don't forget. Don't forget to pop a search in your mouth because uh, you're going to need it, buddy. (sighs) Hey, honey. What do you think of that? uh, High karate log. Scent. <laughs> Doesn't it sound disgusting? Well, there you have it. There you are. Anyway, wasn't I going to talk about basketball? Oh, that's right. So anyway, I, I'm sorry. The Oscar Peterson got me going there. I was, I, I was, I lost myself. In the Oscar Peterson. What's the matter with you? Uh, I'm lost in, in the Oscar Peterson. All right, here we go. So St. Louis could be a discussion topic when Major League Soccer owners are meeting. And this is on uh, Thursday. Next Thursday. The bid for a Major League Soccer team in St. Louis enters a new stage on Thursday. Next Thursday, 
as team owners gather here, is it Thursday? Is it today? I don't understand this. Was it yesterday? I don't know. It was yesterday, I guess. I'm sorry. The Oscar Peterson is lulling me into a sense of uh, whatever this sense is. St. Louis enters a new stage Thursday as team owners gather in New York to discuss, among other things, competing proposals to win two coveted expansion franchises. And I got to tell you, I'm actually, I'm not a huge soccer fan. I don't really watch a lot of soccer. But getting a soccer team in St. Louis would be outstanding. Because I know that it's very popular here. It's not only popular among people who play it. But it's popular among a lot of young people who spend have, have resources and who go to go to like for instance when they come to Bush Stadium, like you know Manchester Chelsea and all those guys, they come to Bush Stadium and, and they and they uh, and, and they and they love it. So soccer sells in St. Louis. People people enjoy it and are into it. Now keep in mind when I was a kid, as much as I as much as I make fun of it. You know, because I always play that. Soccer is a gay sport. All of it is completely gay. I, Whenever I play that little soundbite from The Onion, where the FIFA guy, you know, uh, comes out, and it's, it's kind of a spoof. Soccer has announced it's completely gay, Bill. Soccer is a gay sport. All of it is completely... The, the, the MLS... The, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. But when I was, but but for all the time I make fun of it, I, I make fun of the guys who fake fall and start writhing around on the ground and you know all that kind of stuff. But for all of the fun I make uh, of soccer, when I was a kid, I really I love soccer because we had the uh, St. Louis Steamers, uh, as Lisa just points out, and we also had the St. Louis Stars. I can't remember who came first or second. It was. It was either the steamers or the stars. I think the steamers were first, and then then the the, uh, uh, the stars were second. I don't know, but the but the but also the St. Louis Steamers. What, what a great, first of all, a great name for the soccer team because the the logo was a steamboat, and and, and, and you know at St. Louis, you know it was it was uh, it was fantastic. And and uh, uh, the stars were outside soccer. Okay, Scotty, thank you. So they they played soccer outside, huh? Wow. But no, but and 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 it was pretty popular here when it was it was here. I remember going to the games and stuff like that and being really into it. And and also what I did was so when I was a kid, it had to be when I was probably I think I still have this somewhere, maybe at my mom's house or something. But I I uh, I wrote to every single professional soccer team, and and um, wanted and asked them for stickers and stuff like that. And somewhere I have a folder somewhere in my life, somewhere in a box someplace that had a. Oh, Kathy says the steamers were first. Okay, that's what I figured. Uh, that. Uh, uh, that I uh, that have all the stickers and everything. I got these guys. So I wrote, for instance, like the New York Cosmos. I don't know whether they're still a team or not. Uh, my favorite was the Seattle Sounders. So they had the the Seattle Sounders, and of course you have the 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 uh, the sound, which is the water area there, 
And so they called themselves the Seattle Sounders. Had the uh, the New York Cosmos and the Seattle Sounders and some other teams. But anyway, I wrote to every single one of them and got back uh, a bunch of uh, stickers and paraphernalia and stuff like that. It was really cool. I just wrote, the, I wrote them as a kid. It's interesting. I used to write a lot of letters to baseball teams and and soccer teams. And actually one of the, I wish I could find it. This too must be in a box someplace. I one time wrote Richard Nixon and he sent me back an entire, you know, white house thing. I don't think he really actually signed something for me, but I wrote Richard Nixon (laughs) and I got something back from him. I'd write these like laudatory letters, but I wrote to every single one of the soccer teams. I can't remember the other ones, but they were pretty cool. And they all sent me back stuff. I used to do that a lot. Just write letters to people. Dear Richard Nixon, I don't even know what I said. I wish I, I wish I knew what I said in the note, but I wrote I wrote him. I wrote 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 a lot of uh, letters to people. Anyway, soccer could come to St. Louis, and then I, I I broached the question not too long ago to somebody who kind of is in the know, and I wouldn't want to quote them because I don't want, I don't think they want to be quoted uh, and and be misinterpreted. But, uh, yeah, Pele, man. I remember Pele. But I, if somebody could mention any other teams, I'll, I'll, it'll jog my memory. But uh, I asked him, I said, well, what, wh- I, would, I think this town could support a basketball team. I, I think St. Louis could support a professional basketball team. And I, th- I said, well, you know, I mean, if, 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 uh, if Oklahoma City can support a basketball team, then certainly, um, certainly St. Louis can support a basketball team. But they said that they had a they had a bunch of guys. Uh, I say guys, but you know, a, a group of people who conducted. I mean, they conducted actually a uh, like a sports consumer story uh, a survey, uh, a study of sorts about uh, sports consumerism in St. Louis, and they studied the way St. Louisans spend their money and how they spend their money. And they, uh, they discovered that first of all, most people who are, who attend sporting events are, uh, white and they spend money uh, a number one on baseball and a number two on the blues. And, so they have uh so when they came up with a study they tried to determine you know could we you know support financially uh, and and do we would we even want to try to introduce a major basketball team to St. Louis because the danger would be we'd start to divide people's expenditures because uh they want and and, and mainly it was to to keep the blues safe uh, because that would be usually, and they, I don't know how I don't know how they came up with this information, but they said uh, usually people who are hockey fans are the ones who would probably likely go to a basketball game. Baseball fans would probably not exchange out their uh, money to go to a basketball game, but also seasonally, it's kind of the same time as well. 
so it would it would create a it would create a an unnecessary competition for dollars, sports dollars in this community, and it would be divided. And they also pointed out, and again, this is not I'm not disparaging anybody, uh, but in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis blacks don't generally spend their money on sporting events. It was just they just it was just a study they conducted then, and they said that uh, uh, when St. Louis blacks spend money. They generally spend money on entertainment. It's uh, I, I, whether it be movies, concerts, uh, you know, other things. But sporting events is not a high priority for a black St. Louisan. That's just what they they said. And a lot of people who they would assume uh, would 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 be patronizing a professional basketball team as well, because that's probably a, the, the most popular sport aside from football among black sports consumers. Uh, and, and so they uh, said that they, they, they really – there wasn't really – there might be an attraction to it, but there just wasn't a market for it because you'd basically be dividing people's money expenditures and it would be hard to move tickets. So that was, that was an interesting dis- discussion uh, about how, how that whole thing works. Soccer is a different animal because uh, you have a really very specific group of soccer fans that could support a – soccer team in St. Louis, most of them would probably be uh, under the age of 35. And they would be very much a younger crowd. And the fact of the matter is uh, soccer, uh, baseball, and and the blues here actually attract an, um, an older crowd. That's how they they did the study and 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 tended to see that that you know obviously I've been to baseball games and I see you know twenty five year olds there I mean there's you know there are people there and and blues games as well but what I'm saying is there's a definitely an appetite for it because it is more of a younger hipper type of uh, environment soccer really is kind of more of a of a of a hipster and, and groovy sport you know. You're not going to hear too many, you know, organs playing. You're not going to hear that at a at a soccer game. You're not going to hear that at a soccer game. You're going to hear like, you know, uh, you're going to hear like uh, Post Malone and you know stuff like that. But you're not going to be, you're not going to be hearing the you know the the Wurlitzer at a soccer game. So anyway, that's that's how they that's how they studied that. I don't know what where the study is or what it is, but it, it, there is a study and and it is uh, uh, pretty revealing about uh, St. Louis sports habits. So St. Louis could definitely support a soccer team here, and it'd be great. It would be a great uh, marketing thing, and people would people would uh, I think people would eat it up, you know, right? Yeah, man. What what did you say, JB? What do you say? What did what did you say, buddy? <laughs> soccer. Soccer. Let's talk about soccer. Let's talk to soccer guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, JB. How you like that? Yeah. Uh, do you have? Yeah. Your mic is up, right? JB, gaslight here. No, I was just saying. You know, I was talking. About, I don't know whether you heard me talking about the sports study that right. they did, and and one of the reasons I was saying, why don't we have a basketball team here? And they said you would be dividing a lot of uh, right. consumer spending among 
baseball fans and hockey fans, and it would be too much. And and if you want, and and blacks when they spend their money in St. Louis don't generally spend it on sporting events. But I said right. soccer has a very specific uh, group of individuals, usually thirty five and under. Right. So, well, here here's here's the cool part about soccer because in I have a background in economics, right? I've done extensive studies on economic impact of professional sports. Uh, in 96, 7, we studied the difference between the racetrack in Illinois, Gateway, and the football stadium. Yeah. If you did four races at the track plus three small races, and then you had two preseason games, eight regular, and one playoff game at, at, for the NFL, the racetrack would generate exponentially more money to our local economy. Soccer is a tourist sport. So when you have a team in a stadium with 25,000 people, what we're looking at, you will get the Colombians, you'll get the Mexicans, you'll get the Bosnians, you'll get everybody within a 300-mile radius. Coming to St. Louis? All day. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was a season ticket holder for the Chicago Fire in the first three years of the league. We were the minority. I mean, the people from Chicago were by far the minority in that stadium. Wow. They have no idea what's going to hit them, especially because the team ownership is really smart. They understand the demographics of what a MLS team will look like. We have a huge Bosnian population. Um, for example, Amsterdam Tavern over on Morganford, right? Yeah. During the World Cup. Right. You guys you wanna, are talking about that. If yeah. you want to see the most insane thing you've ever seen, <laughs> go watch a game when Columbia is on the television. 500 miles these people drive. To come watch a game on a television. Wow. Let alone if our ownership, say we get a team and we drop a Colombian national team player on there, which wouldn't be that expensive. They could pull it off. Right. Well, now their boy is actually on the field. So all of these things, soccer's different. The NBA is a local sport. Right. You are not going to get travelers. So we'd be decapitating ourselves oh, off right, of other right. dollars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the, okay, that's that's interesting because I, I never that was when, when I was talking about this study these guys did they they were really studying uh, you know St Louis sports consumers but when you when you introduce soccer uh, the St Louis sports consumer is part of that but not all of it oh no because MLS has a unique trade over the last twenty five years they always have that marquee sign first it was David Beckham right and then you had. Kaka and all these huge global international World Cup winning players. Yeah, yeah. That are, you know, they're more popular than Peyton Manning globally. I mean, that's the reality right, of it. Right, right. So when a new team comes around and they get to select that designated player, that's where the league as a whole kicks in and helps choose who's, who's going to sell jerseys, right? Right. Okay, so everybody has heard of Ronaldo. Right, yeah, Tall, uh-huh. super oh, yeah. hot yeah. guy, right? Yeah. Okay, imagine a player like that with an STL jersey. That jersey would be probably the second or third best-selling jersey in the world. Not just in the Midwest, but in the world. Because that's how iconic these players are right. globally. Yeah, when I was in Italy, the Ronaldo... The, <laughs> Juventus. They were, they were all over the place, man. They were, they were like the hottest item. You go into any of the oh, shops it's... in Italy, and it's like that's... That's where it was that's at. Amazing. Sorry, I hijacked. You. No, no, no. I, I. That's great. That's one aspect that I didn't even know about, which was the um, 
the tourist aspect. And and and, and listen, you got a you got a St. Louis that is now, in spite of people's criticism of it, it's got they're building ten hotels in downtown St. Louis right now. Ten, right? right. I mean, so. Uh, there's no better time than now, and I would imagine that's a good selling point in New York when the St. Louis guys are up there trying to trying to push the idea of a uh, of a uh, soccer team. Of a league. Yeah, I mean because the supporters groups in MLS uh, across the country, the the Chicago Fire, the Sectionators in Chicago, the uh, Seattle, their their fan club. Uh, th- these clubs are militant. They get on planes to go watch their team play. Yeah, uh, it's it's not like any sport, any professional sport in America. I right. Mean, the only thing close, I think, would be like SEC football. When SEC teams travel, right, there's right. armies that like travel. Like we play with, Alabama. Yeah, yeah, both ways. Yes. So, so this the league is looking at the potential. If you put St. Louis in the middle of the existing cities in the cities that are about to get a team, you would have. Chicago, you would have Kansas City, you would have Nashville, you would have Cincinnati, you would have Columbus, which is a little bit further out. You know, that is a tremendous uh, magnetic effect. Yeah, yeah. Of caravans of spenders. Nice. And, And we're ignoring the easiest tourist dollars of all, and that is the Metro East has over 50,000 youth soccer players. That's a lot of soccer moms that are going to load up their Suburbans. Right, right. Right? And who typically would not come to the city and spend money. Or if they do come to the city, they go to the free events, right. or free venues, zoo, etc. Well, that's not, that's not really generating revenue. Soccer will. Right, right. And, you're, and, and uh, it's my understanding that some of the other, you're not spending, uh, you're not spending 70 bucks a ticket on a, on a soccer ticket. Is that no, correct? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen they're projecting that kind of the median price will fall in the low 40s. Yeah. So you're going to have entry level that's going to be 25 to $30 a ticket. Right, right. Uh, realistically, with the youth club uh, uh, relationship with MLS, specifically Scott Gallagher and Lou Fuses of the world, you're going to have huge ticket discounts all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Cincinnati, when they when they announced and they rolled out their season ticket plan, I mean, they they sold out within a week, and the wait list is now close to twenty five thousand people. Cincinnati is not a soccer city like we are, so I mean, the expectation is going to be good luck getting tickets. Right, right. You know, it will it will sell out. Yeah. Without. All right. So are you are you plugged in with the? I mean, do you know what the prospects are then for? St. Louis to actually yeah. then get it, get a team. Uh, I'm not plugged into that extent. Okay. I read virtually everything. I do talk to a lot of people that are directly involved, both on the economic development side through the city and uh, looking at the land and stadium on that side. Plus the team ownership side. I know a number of individuals that are close to that decision making circle. Our package is the best package MLS is looking at. Don Garber has Don Garber, the commissioner of the league, has close ties to St. Louis soccer historically. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, when you think of the stars aligning in the world of getting a professional franchise, our stars are aligned. Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 something that I think those that are in the know that are close to the situation would be extremely amazed if this doesn't happen. Yeah. Interesting. Because Lynn is pointing out, well, you know, what, what happened when we had the stars and the steamers? But what JB's pointing out is at that time we didn't have more yeah. of a global or even a, a – uh, nationwide dynamic people weren't yeah. really as mobile as they are that's now a, yeah that's a that's a great question it's a great point for those that grew up here that are historically not into soccer but have been familiar with it and use the steamers and the stars as examples of pseudo failures to a degree even though 
they drew a lot of people. Yeah, when they, they were did. Here. I mean, I remember growing up and going to the old Checker Dome, right? That oh, yeah, man. Steamers. Don oh, Ebert, yeah. the orange balls. Oh, yeah. Yards, right? Yeah, no doubt. Soccer has evolved in America light years beyond those years because today, when we were growing up, uh, you know, in the, in the 80s and early 90s, you couldn't watch soccer on television. You had to get up early on Sunday morning and watch Soccer Made in Germany oh, and it would right. be Bayern Munich on right. PBS. Right. One game, maybe a month. Yeah. Now, every single day of the week, you can go on NBC Sports, Fox Soccer. It doesn't matter. It's everywhere. So our ability to consume it and see the highest level has brought a huge fan base just through average Joe and Jane sitting on the couch are like, oh, it's interesting. Nice. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I hope. I mean, you, really, honestly, if, if if you're if you're obviously interested in regional growth and the growth of the metro area and and what St. Louis needs, right. uh, whether you whether you actually like soccer or not, the the idea that we have a team here would be huge. So, yeah, I, you, I well, here's what I would encourage people to do, and I've told you multiple times, haven't seen you down there yet. Yeah, get up <laughs> on a Saturday or Sunday morning, get your coffee, get your bacon and eggs. Come down to South Morganford. Go to Amsterdam Tavern every There's, every Saturday or every every weekend. Really? Yeah, soccer soccer's year round. If it's not during league and you have, I mean, that's an that's primarily an English league bar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're watching Man Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, all the biggest, right? But in summertime, there's always either a World Cup or something's going on. There's games, but anyway, here's the point. There's approximately I don't know thirty televisions throughout the whole space, big beer garden, et cetera. You will see the most militant fans in any sport ever, and it's not hooligans. It's not. Right, right. It's people not everything. On, yeah, yeah there's, no. that's not going on. But this is, I would say, people coming from approximately 150 mile radius. There's a huge group of the Springfield, Illinois people that come in every weekend. There's a huge group from Columbia, uh, Missouri. It, it's crazy, and the entertainment is there, and just the vibe. A lot of. Uh, Europeans that have transplanted here, they're all there getting their pints. So right, right. 9 a.m., pint of Guinness. <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> Try it out. Okay. All right, guys. All right, J.B. Anderson. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. And thanks for everything you hear at Gaslight, too. Uh, and, and you ought to come down here sometime or check it out on the web uh, or check out uh, the uh, Gaslight YouTube channel because these guys have a lot of really great bands coming through here. So Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Talk to you. Thanks, J.B. That's J.B. So finally, you know, really, I, it's interesting, that, that whole study, but to just to consider the, the expansiveness of the market, uh, and, and especially since St. Louis is right now expanding itself in terms of building hotels and wanting to create more of the tourist dollar, uh, JB's pointing out soccer might just uh, just do that. So I like it. I like it. Yep, 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 yep. Give Doug Giles a call here from the Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing Studios. See if I can give him a call here. You guys like this song? I like it. Think Facebook will catch up with me here? Uh, Mike just is uh, chiming in on the uh, Facebook page. Two St. Louisans are on the U.S. Soccer Board of Directors. Dan Flynn and Tim Turney. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. Let me just uh, give old Doug a call here real quick. Mm, 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 mm. I just had the damn number here. Hang on, oh, here it is. 
Jamie. Doug, how are you, brother? Good. Just don't say butt boy uh, <laughs> on your on your uh, on your show, man. I know because you're because you're a conservative and um, you're not a blonde-headed, uh, bosomy host for MSNBC. So you can't get away with it, man. You can't get away with it. Well, now we know that Mika Brzezinski can't host the Oscars. So uh, I guess that's that's going to be the next uh, step. She's going to be counted out as a potential Oscar host. Uh, you know, that that's so funny about about this because uh, you know, she, apparently she was off the air the next day. I, I don't know whether that had anything to do with it. Uh, you know, uh, her husband said it was a planned vacation. But uh, nonetheless, man, I mean, it's it's amazing what people – uh, I, I, I'm actually amazed. Like Kevin Hart, for instance, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that the only reason they can't, they, they decided not to have a host this year is because you can't find anybody who hasn't done something on Twitter or in their past who might might become controversial. And maybe that's a sign that hey, uh, maybe we ought to just relax a little bit and uh, and not worry about. You know the little things people say or this and trolling everybody, and and, and let's also be more ecumenical about it because uh, why is it that some people can get away with whatever they want to say and other people can't, and that's where you start to have the inconsistency and the frustration. Yeah, I thought Micah's uh, uh, apology excuse, whatever you want to call the lie that she spewed after she did it. She said, she goes, uh, you know, I, I meant to say like water boy yeah, and not right. bud boy. Right. If you watch her cue up that clip, man, she knows exactly uh, what kind of scud missile she's about to launch at Pompeo. And um, again, you know, here she gets, you know, a, a pass and here everybody says, oh, let's forgive her. Kevin Hart gets burned. And uh, I thought Kevin was pretty forthright with his apology and uh, why he did what he did. And, um, and, but, you know, again, he's not one of their poster boys. He's not their step and fetch. And he doesn't have, you know, the pom-poms on for all things uh, democratic socialist. And uh, so, yeah, he gets shot down in flames, but um, you, you could be correct, but I, I think, man, the quadruple standards are going to keep marching on. I think, uh, you know, there might be a, a reprieve, but anytime anybody, again, who doesn't carry water for the left gets in some place of prominence, if they start really kicking ass, then uh, the left's going to pull out the thumb screws and they're going to deep dive your past and they're going to try to ruin you. That's just what they do. Well, and you, we, we saw the double standard everywhere. Uh, and, and because we see, for instance, when Melania Trump dares to say one little maybe word that happens to be negative about her treatment uh, on Handy Show, when she says that, suddenly she's like this very dark, incredibly uh, ungrateful whiner. When we had to listen to that blather constantly from the darkest soul of all and first ladies, when it comes to first ladies, which would be Michelle Obama, who complained all the time, not only about her treatment, but about the country and about what food the kids are eating. I mean, that woman wouldn't shut her mouth when it came to her negativity. And yet she was never called on it the way Melania was in a small interview with Sean Hannity. 
I tell you, when I watched, uh, I didn't see the second part last night. I saw the first part, and uh, I, I just sat back and just relished in the fact that we have such a classy first lady. And she speaks multiple languages. And, you know, I heard somebody else ripping uh, one of the late uh, night talk shows, ripping on her accent and uh, how she's, <clears throat> you know, just not not completely glib with uh, her answers and her banter and stuff. But, uh, man, that was some patriotic, uh, beautiful sentiments coming from our first lady, who's an absolute joy to look at and listen to. And uh, I would like to tell the the late night talk show hosts are having a big hee haw over Mrs. Trump. Uh, she's running, you know, her verbiage through what five seven language filter uh, <laughs> in nanoseconds, spitting out her answers. Uh, I, I doubt these guys can even do pig Latin or speak a little Spanish. Yeah. And um, I let let them caterwaul, man, because the more they talk crap about uh, our first lady and Trump. And I heard she blasted uh, the tools who are going after her son, Barron. Right. Um, again, the more the nation moves, center right. Keep yapping. Uh, keep praising Michelle Obama. Keep, keep talking about the good old days with Barack. And I'm telling you, the voting public uh, just kind of just puts that pressure on the right side of the wheel of the happy bus, Jamie. And they start <laughs> going over towards Trump in 2020 again. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. By the way, I've been very amused this morning, uh, and actually since yesterday, the uh, this weirdness regarding Nancy Pelosi's red coat, which, by the way, is boxy, ugly. It looks like she ought to be feeding pigeons in the thing or pushing a shopping cart full of trash bags of clothes. Or maybe she's the woman who's leaving her house because she has her pajamas on, needs a coat to go check the mail. But that coat suddenly has become uh, a, a coat they're calling epic and queenly and blah, blah, blah. And, and now the manufacturer of the coat is re-releasing it because it's such a groovy thing. These people are – you talk about unicorn vision. These people are just like putting square pegs in round holes with regularity now. I mean, have you seen all the coverage of Nancy Pelosi's red coat? No, I, mean, I miss that. Uh I do like her straight jacket, though. That's that's <laughs> glorious. It's it's rarely seen uh, because it's taken off before she's wheelchaired into public to to start going yeah, 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 <laughs> while she's uh, interfacing with Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, I mean anything you know, uh, Michelle Obama would wear, Nancy Pelosi would wear, any other you know, Maxine Waters would wear. Oh, it's glorious. Put it on Glamour magazine placard onto Cosmo. You have a true, real-life, beautiful, classy woman in Melania Trump, and they won't give her, you know, the time of day. If they do critique her, uh, it's, it's, you know, she's wearing racism coats, uh, callous coats. She's wearing, you know, look at her. She's going down to Houston after Hurricane Harvey, and she's wearing stilettos to get on a plane. Damn her. Damn her. Shame. Shame. It's insane, man. It's absolutely – I guarantee Nancy Pelosi could come out uh, with her hair not combed down, and uh, she's, she's got on her pajamas on backwards, and everybody would say you know, she's a fashion-forward uh, zeitgeist and, uh, <laughs> and start running dailies about her at uh, DailyMail.com and um, Fashion Police. Uh, I guarantee Melissa Rivers would give her two thumbs up. 
It's we, just crap. And they're just and the, and and they just the left and uh, and their acolytes in the media. They have to do that. They have to sell you know them in some other way because from a policy standpoint, from a messaging standpoint, those people suck worse than an airplane toilet. <laughs> you know and. <laughs> And, and and it's funny how uh, they they just don't like for instance even this meeting this confab in the Oval Office and, and they they still don't get that Schumer and Pelosi were totally made fools of and and, and they they have no I no concept of it it's just so funny to watch them all. Uh, turn this thing around into something that it's not because uh, I'm, I, they're just in a they're, it's their alternate reality, which I find crazy. And then I know that Nancy Pelosi's coat now is in the uh, Macy's washed up Democrat section, so you can go find it there, dude. Uh, you do you have this story right. that I find just uh, 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 this is unbelievable, and this kind of speaks to even going back to your uh, talk about Mika, because apparently as long as you're upset about something, as long as you feel terrible about losing the November election of 2016, as long as you feel righteous enough, you can do anything to anybody or say anything about anybody. And you have this story about this kid who uh, in Delaware who had to, who had to change his name because his name is Joshua Trump. He's 11 years old. Had to change his name yeah. because of his treatment at school. Yeah, kid is getting berated, man, uh, because, uh, you know, he had our president's last name. You know, back in the day, if uh, somebody had the last name Lincoln uh, <laughs> or Washington or Adams or Jefferson, you know, we thought it was cool. We thought it was badass. And, you know, the, the inquiry was from student to student to the one who had, you know, one of the aforementioned names were, are you related? Isn't that awesome? Uh, anytime the presidents uh, were, were mentioned in class with one of my buddies who shared uh, their last name, uh, it was a positive thing. Now the kids uh, uh, are hounding this little, this little boy named Trump. His dad said, he goes, I had to yank him out of school, man, and homeschool him for a year. Uh, the parents assumed that the bullying would subside, you know, as their soon as their son moved on to a different school and stuff. But, uh, uh, well, those hopes were dashed, Jamie. So they curse at him. They call him an idiot. They call him stupid. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's again, and everybody's like, well, kids are mean. You know how kids could be. They can really be, you know, rapscallions and stuff. They learn that crap at home. That's what their parents say. That's what their parents do. And if uh, I guarantee you know, everybody's like, well, you know, I don't know where you got that from. I do. He got them from you. Uh, that kid's an amalgamation of the crap that he sits and marinates in uh, at, at, at his home base uh, 24-7, 365. And it's that kind of loathing. It's that kind of rhetoric uh, that is spewed at the president and spewed at conservatives. It's now, you know, hounding a kid in his middle school class to finally where he changes his name. He goes by a different uh, name instead of Trump takes up his uh, mom's maiden name or something. I believe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it, it's really, uh, it's really uh, too bad. now, by the way, have you noticed that the latest from New York uh, and the, and the, and the Manhattan DA's office uh, is that they're now investigating the president Trump uh, inauguration 
funds. And it's interesting because I, I, I didn't take me long. It took me all of about five seconds to just do Obama inauguration donations to find that actually they boasted about how a certain level of, of, of giving would give you a certain level of access. I mean, Obama even had a package that was called the Washington package. So it was, it was different levels where they would, uh, uh, name them after presidents, and if you gave you know a half a million dollars or what I can't remember what it was, that you would have access not only to the inauguration parties, but you would have access to a meeting with all of Obama's financial team, you know, like like the Commerce Secretary and all these guys, and and that was that was actually in the first paragraph of a story that was completely uncritical, and now suddenly uh, the the New York crew there. Is investigating pretty much the the very same thing, uh, except for maybe some foreign donations. But I mean, this is getting to be ridiculous, man. Yeah, and you got the mainstream media took no notice of uh, last week's federal court filing that exposes eighty four million dollars of money laundering conspiracy the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign executed during the twenty sixteen presidential election in violation of federal campaign finance laws. Again, Obama does it. Yay! Here's a here, here's balloons, and you get an award. Hillary does it, and uh, yay, Madam Secretary, you're so shrewd and and so wise. And uh, you know, Trump possibly might do uh, a fraction of it, you know, or just gets accused of it. It's truth, by the way, no matter what it is that's uh, uh, slapped on Trump. And, uh, and then they go, you know, Torquemada jihad with the hair on fire, going to prosecute him and get him. And uh, they completely bypass Barack and, and Hillary's egregious abuse of the system. And uh, two-tier justice system, man, I hate to sound like Sean Hannity, but we are talking quadruple <laughs> standards. Hey, Jamie, I want to go back to that uh, Joshua Trump story. Yes. Parents, this is why uh, you need to take your kids uh, and forego the piano lessons or add to them or any other thing, and make sure as a young kid they know how to throttle some little son of a bitch who picks on him at school. I don't care if your kid's gay. I don't care if his last name's Trump. I don't know if, if she's a dainty girl or you got a, uh, a nerd for a son. They must learn martial arts. I would start with jujitsu. Uh, it is, it is it's the master of the master arts. It's for uh, particular people that are smaller. And uh, anytime some clown gets up in uh, your kid's face and they go to the stupid zone where they look like they're going to physically harm them, your kid will be able to turn them into a pretzel nut. And I guarantee the reverberation from your kid kicking some bully's ass who deserves it and needs it will send shockwaves through the school and your kid will be a hero. And, uh, and that's, that's one way to stop bullying. And yeah, they might kick you out of school for a week, but I, I'm telling you what, when your 12-year-old kid comes back into class, he's going to have street cred and nobody's going to jack with him. Yeah, the, 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 the idea, and it's, and it's completely unacceptable, the idea that some kid, 11-year-old, has to change his name uh, because his name is Trump. And I guarantee you, this will have, this will have lasting, I mean, you've just created uh, a lifelong 
conservative, which is, I guess, the good outset of it. But when you're 11 and you're treated that way, it tends to also really damage you uh, to a certain degree. So hopefully this uh, young man has a uh, ton of uh, support uh, for him uh, to, to, to absolutely make sure that, that this energy uh, goes in, the, in a good direction for him. And I think you're absolutely right. Uh, that the whole martial arts thing is perfect. And 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 people need to just stop putting up with this stuff. No, I, you know, again, you know, um, you know, my both my daughters from a very young age are both black belts now. They both can, you know, just absolutely rock in a hard place if uh, the if the yogurt gets deep. And uh, they've trained with world class uh, male fighters, uh, the best of the best in the Gracie world and the Valenti brothers world. And uh, I'm telling you, parents, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> you need to do this. So I guarantee it's uh, – I don't see any break in the in the weather system. And I see, you know, things getting a, a little bit more terse and tough as the, as the wheels grind on. And I'm not a pessimist. But uh, you get, you get uh, somebody's persecuted for their beliefs like conservatives and Christians are. I believe there's times to turn other cheeks uh, – turn other cheek. And I also believe there's a time to turn that – that other little bastard's cheek and uh they need to know how to do it it's a i'm telling you the confidence that you'll have as a parent knowing that when you're when your little girl goes out there she knows how to kick some ass and when your son goes out there even though he might look like a dork and he might be nerdy in high school oh my god can he put you in an arm bar that'll make you howl like a wild boar that's just been hit with a 125 grain muzzy broadhead (laughs) and that kind of confidence jamie when you send your your kids out into uh public uh you know the phone call you you're you're gonna receive if you get a phone call from the school isn't gonna be oh your son's cowering in the corner he's wanting to change his name it's like um mr giles your daughter just beat the living hell out of this guy who tried to grab her boob during lunch. So uh, we don't know what we're going to do about it, but uh, you might want to come pick up your daughter because she's talking mad crap to anybody else who wants to touch her. Yeah. I, and we've talked about that before where, you know, you're raising uh, righteous and rowdy girls uh, to uh, this whole Me Too movement thing. I mean, how these these uh, women even were even tolerated uh, just to just one ounce of a fat ass dude in the bathrobe invited him to a hotel room is beyond me but uh lo and behold they did and and buddy you know let me tell you something on a larger scale doug uh and, and you've really helped me with this too because you obviously have been with me since i uh put the tent back up just within a month after being uh uh fired by my gutless former uh, company, which I, uh, that, but, but I sued them. You know, the whole thing and, and on a larger scale, standing up to these people, it's not unlike standing up to bullies in school. You got to stand up to the people, not only who are coming after you, but the cowards who allow them to. This thing at this school, this kid's school should have been protecting him. It didn't. Much like, you know, many of these gutless companies don't protect their employees when mobs come after them as well, uh, when you're in the business of communication. So, uh, not only did I prevail then in the lawsuit where I was able to just ba- basically break out of my um, uh, contract and tear up my contract, which is what I demanded they do, and I said, I don't need your money. I need you to tear up my contract and act like you never met me, and and that's the only way I'm walking out of here without any money. 
And that's what I did. So now I'm free to go. I'm getting some jobs in some radio stations, everything else. But you got to keep fighting these people. Uh, and, and, and Intercom was shocked when I sued them in federal court because they wanted me to kind of like sign my document and say I agreed to part company and go away with a small severance check. And I told them to kiss my ass and, and, and I, I sued them. And, and, and they were they were not – they were totally shocked by that action. And now uh, the next step is going after actually the mob, which I'm, which I'm uh, about to do uh, here soon, uh, and, and including this state representative who organized the mob. So you got to keep fighting back, man. You can't keep – otherwise, the only way you're going you're gonna to teach these – it's not unlike sticking a puppy's snout in the poop it just took on your kitchen floor. you got to keep doing it. Yeah. And, and, and train these people to, to, to leave you the hell alone. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the whole David and Goliath principle. I mean, you look at what Goliath did to all of Israel. He's shouting, uh, he's blaspheming God, calling all those uh, Israelites a bunch of pussies, and nobody would come down and, and fight him. And David uh, comes to bring his brother some, some sandwiches uh, while they're at the quote-unquote war. They're not warring. They're not doing anything. David gets earshot of what Goliath is saying about God and God's people, and he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? He's like, where's my frickin' slingshot? And uh, he goes down there and sorts him out. Listen, people, cowardice is a sin. Everybody's like, uh, you know what sin is? Man, it's uh, sex sins, it's drinking too much vodka on the weekends, it's smoking cigarettes, it's uh, doing whatever, checking Jethro's oil. Uh, well, uh, the Bible also calls cowardice. If you know to do something that's right, you know to take something on that needs to be throttled, and you don't do it, and you curl up in your little fetal position and wet your conservative or libertarian or Christian diaper, then you're sinning. And uh, I believe, Jamie, if people go to Revelation 21, I hate to get biblical, man, forgive me. I love it when you do, if man. People, if people go to Revelation 21... I believe it's in verse 7 or 8. It says the cowards uh, don't inherit the kingdom of God, and their place is in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, the second death. Christ said, if you're ashamed of me, my words, my standards, you know, my view of the world, he said, then I'll be ashamed of you when you die <laughs> and rock up at the pearly gates. And that, Jamie, does not sound good at all, man. Doesn't sound good at all. And if you go to the Greek, it even gets worse. I love it when you when you pull out the warrior element of the Bible, which actually is uh, probably more prominent than anything else in terms of uh, the strength uh, required of character uh, and 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 standing up to because uh, Jesus ultimately that's why he died so that we so that so that we could uh, live on and be strong. And he sacrificed his, his life was sacrificed for that. So uh, this idea that somehow we just need to roll over, and you and I have talked about Jesus before and his whole character, and and even if you just boil it down to the simple things like uh, teaching a man to fish, all that is balls. I mean, that's the, all that is bravery, all that is uh, individualistic uh, power uh, and strength. And, you, and every aspect of that, I love it when you pull that stuff out because uh, that's the truth. 
And you don't hear it talked about either, you know, in most churches and stuff, Catholic, Protestant, whatever. It's always, you know, just nice little stories, user-friendly type stuff. Uh, when you're when you're on the front lines like uh, you and I are, and um, when uh, parents uh, are having that kind of conflict in schools with kids, and the kids are in the college classroom, and they're getting crapped on if they love America and have a, a biblical worldview, uh, you need to tap the warrior motif, and uh, and you're right. You know when when God was going to liberate Israel when they were in bondage to Pharaoh in Egypt, uh, he found he found Moses, and he introduced Moses to a different side of him that was uh, heretofore not uh, really shown uh, to the people of God and stuff. And it was this: I'm a warrior, and I'm going to liberate you. And I'm going to do it through you, old man. So we're going to go confront Pharaoh, and we're going to demand that he relinquish uh, 1.5 to 5.5 million slaves uh, that he's kept in bondage for years. And uh, yeah, buckle up. It's going to get exciting. But that's, that's what he revealed to his people that he wanted them to see and understand is that I'm a God who's going to fight your battles for you. So you be bold. You and uh, we're going to go out and kick some ass. Well, and and, that, and that's the only way at this point. You know, I, it was funny how, you know, when Maxine Waters was insinuating that uh, that somehow we were all going to revolt if President Trump were impeached, and and her view of what a revolt is uh, is interesting. I had to I had to school her just on this show. I didn't talk to her directly, but I said, you know, um, I, I said we we as conservatives, as real Americans, we don't revolt with our armaments. We revolt at the ballot box. Our ultimate re- ultimate revolt was in November of 2016, and we'll revolt again. We we don't we don't encourage. Our our people to yell at people at gas stations or take their doggy bag off their table while you're screaming at them. We go to the ballot box, which is where we, we recognize the power truly is. And so once again, she's so banana republic about everything. Uh, she just thinks that a revolt is, a, is some kind of armed insurrection, and uh, she just doesn't get it. Well, she's she's projecting, you know, that's that's what they would do. You know, we we use this thing called, like you said, voting. We we go back and uh, we we lean on, rely and utilize this stuff called reason, logic, science, (laughs) Constitution, Declaration of Independence and our bylaws. And we stand and and we vocally uh, defend that. Um, Now, if they move into the stupid zone and they start uh, threatening violence and they invade people's personal space and they want to overthrow uh half of america good luck with that i know where all the guns lie and it's not in their hands yeah right well yeah if if we if we uh if we have if we have to uh that that certainly is always an option but but we just uh keep on keeping on and and that's our best revenge always is success where it counts and so uh, the other people who just continue to kind of uh, uh, bite at the uh, – I talk about the, the, the people who are talking about even with this whole collusion thing about how, oh, they're nibbling around the edges now. I'm going – in order to nibble around the edges, you have to actually have an edge. And they have nothing. They have Manafort, uh, a corrupt Comey. Uh, they have uh, Cohen, and that's pretty much it. So you know, we just kind of stay steady and, and go you know, and, and move forward. Yeah, 
No, I'm I'm uh, I'm confident, man. You know, because again, they've got a failed, feckless worldview that's been tried and found wanting in many other nation states, and we've got living examples of how uh, uh, socialism completely bankrupts a country, uh, Aka Venezuela, where they're eating their dogs right now. And um, let them throw everything that they want at us. Let them uh, whiz on on the president and let them besmirch all of the, the lesser luminaries that are stumping forgotten country. Because truth is on our side, man. And, yeah. uh, and I believe that God, uh, not saying that he backs a particular party, but there's definitely principles that he green lights, and there's definitely stuff that he he craps on. And uh, we've got to make sure that we're lined up with him and his principles and uh, the verities that have made, you know, this nation great and just stay our course because, you know, the wood lice is going to come out there. The barking spiders are going to do all their uh, stuff and they're going <laughs> to foment against reason and rationality and pragmatism. But in the, at the end of the day, they're going to lose. So, yeah, yeah. we just got to. We just got to keep our head down and our compass true north and just plow through these rapids, man. And guess what? You know what? And, and this will put the final bow then on what you uh, talked about when you started to talk about the Bible and David and Goliath. And do you realize that what you just talked about is actually being meek? Because here's the thing. People, people always try to throw back in the faces of people who talk about uh, the warrior-like nature of, uh, of Jesus and, 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 the, and the need to be strong. They'll throw back in your face that the meek shall inherit the earth, and yet they totally misinterpret what meek meant even back in the day of Jesus. And I loved uh, a while back, Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson actually tackled this whole concept and discovered that actually meek is, uh, is, is, is uh, more akin to skilled swordsmen who keep their weapons sheathed. And, And so Really, in the end, this idea of being meek is 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 being resigning or docile or uh, or rolling over is completely not what that meek shall inherit the earth meant. It it, it basically was about uh, yeah. speaking softly and carrying a big stick. That's what that was about. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, two things. It's uh, number one. It's uh, it's before God. It's not before men. I'm not supposed to walk into rooms like, oh, don't look at me. I'm, <laughs> I'm so shy and I'm bashful. Right. The meekness is the humility before the transcendent one. We're talking about a holy God. That's the meekness that, that Christ is talking about. Number two, you're right. It's that word denotes discipline. So you're not crazy. You're not all, all, all over the map. You're, you're sturdy. You're girded. You're disciplined. And, uh, and that kind of spirit inherits the planet. Right on, man. I see. I love talking about this stuff and you're so knowledgeable about it. And I've got basically a, a mile wide and an inch thick knowledge of it. So I'm kind of like, I, I can follow along at least a little bit. So I, we appreciate that, man. People, people love it. And, uh, and we appreciate you every Friday, brother. You bet, big dog. Hey, Don't by the way, uh, next Friday is what the uh, – are you going to be av- – that's right before Christmas. Are you going to still be available then or – Well, I've got um, – I was supposed to be hunting today and uh, got postponed. Um, All right. It could come in, but bro, if uh, – hit me up on Thursday. Okay. If not, we'll uh, – 
We'll talk mad trash next Friday morning, bro. <laughs> all right. All, all good, man. And, hey, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, brother. We really appreciate you. Uh, it's Doug Giles, ClashDaily.com. See you, brother. Don't, don't forget his uh, – his, uh, see, I love – I'm fascinated by that, and, and I, I'm sure that a lot of you – I don't know whether you've actually been able to uh, ever get in, delve into that concept of the meek shall inherit the earth, uh, but uh, both Joe Rogan and J- Jordan Peterson was, uh, um, I think, with Joe Rogan on this, I seem to remember, and, and, and actually discussed this because a lot of people – it confuses a lot of people – when uh, when people talk about uh, the 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 need to be strong and to, and the need to be David and the need to fight for what matters and as Doug pointed out regarding cowardice being a sin, well then people are confused because they go to church or you know somewhere and and, they, and the priest will say the meek shall inherit the earth, meaning you gotta you know always be some kind of. Uh, pansy about everything that's not as I just pointed out that's not what meek uh means and so just you know delve into it a little bit more if you want to uh check it out I, I think there's a clip out there somewhere where um uh it, it, where jordan peterson uh says pretty uh, directly he says uh it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war which uh is actually uh, a quote uh, in the art of war and Sun Tzu. So delve into that a little bit more. But that's that's where they. But just know that the meek shall inherit the earth is not a call for you to uh, slink away in any way, shape, or form. It's a larger discussion, but it's the kind of discussion I love having. But yeah, well, people. You know what? I got to get my uh, theme music going here because it's 9.05. Time for a beer. Where, where did 9.05 ever? Where, you know the liquor store. They call it 9.05. But I wonder what that what the 9.05 meant. That's another uh, investigation I'll have to undertake. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we are saying sayonara from the uh, Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studio. And thank you, Rick Pogue and Jerry Pogue and the rest of the gang there. All you over at Arrowhead Building Supply and your new company, Discovery Design Truck Care Manufacturing. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Dr. Deputy, DeputyWellness.com. Yeah, Dr. Deputy knows about fighting back. That is for sure. Fighting back at the same time. Also, getting revenge by simply being successful, and that's what uh, he's doing after fighting for me. Didn't miss a beat in expanding his operation and his help to people. Didn't miss a beat. And while we're successful, we're going to go double back and, and fill a few holes. That's what we're going to do. NaputiWellness.com. Check it out. He's got his new, uh, new operation there in Champions Village in Fenton, which is mostly directed towards athletes and young athletes. I encourage you to check that out. But go to NaputiWellness.com, Chesterfield as well as South County. Check it out, people. Nutrition HQ, Ricky Hall, former Air Force guy. He's a veteran, veteran-owned NHQ.rocks. 
right there in Rock Hill, Manchester McKnight. Also, don't forget, Bob Matthew Mitchell, the Matthew Mitchell All-State Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Low premiums, low deductibles all at the same time. Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. There's gold at Golden Oak Lending. GoldenOakLending.com. Also, Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. That's some awesomeness right there. Seven days a week, mobile design unit, ready to rock for you. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. Yes, indeed. All right, people. Thanks so much. Had a ton of fun this week. We'll see you next week as we kind of uh, take the A train into Christmas. Have a good one, people.